Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. That crabs in the barrel mentality, blah, blah, blah. Nah, man, we showing something different. Right. You know, first take, I've been blessed and fortunate enough, throwing shade on nobody. We've been number one for 12 years. We're going to be number one for 13. It's just that simple. And 14. And damn it, if I do it for 15, it's going to be 15. That's the way that it's going to be. That's how my mentality is. And I don't root for anybody to fail. I just root to be the best. Right. And there's a difference. And as far as I'm concerned, anybody that's with me, we the best. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Hello, welcome to another edition of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay. And for my first partnership with the volume, I knew I had to land someone big. He's not big, he's huge, he's ginormous. He's a legendary sports journalist, a featured commentator, premier analyst, famed host, veteran reporter, podcaster, actor, writer, executive producer, businessman, New York Times bestselling author, one of the most recognizable on-air personalities not just sports personalities, personalities on television, a cultural icon, and he's also an HBCU alum, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> my brother. Bro, <laughs> bro, we here. What's up, We here, but you, you keep knocking my brakes. I'm going to get on the I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, no, we man. Good. We good. We good. I ain't know I could break anything on you. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. News. You, you, That's you, news you, right there. Yeah, Brad, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I only if I'm, I'm going to be able to keep this one because uh, every time I hug somebody, it comes off. <laughs> yeah, we good. Bro, how you doing? It's good to see you, bro. How you doing? Bro, I promise I, you I'll be here. I'm here. I need you to tell the people yeah. what you went through because you promised me this. Because we've been trying to get this thing together for a little over six weeks now. Right. And I said, Stephen, can you, can you do Tuesday at noon? Yeah. And you said, I do it. Yeah. But t- I want you to tell the people the length in which you went through to get here at noon. Well, what happened is, is that uh, my, my pastor uh, for the Christian Cultural Center in New York City, Pastor A.R. Bernard, had a fundraising event at a golf tournament in Long Island. Right. And so they were honoring me uh, the, the night before I came here and I had to 
play some golf, which I don't play. So right. I obviously have to embarrass myself for a few hours <laughs> for every one shot. There's no shot footage. Of, there's no footage. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. <laughs> but, but, but for every one good shot I hit, uh, I hit about, about five to ten bad shots or whatever. But then after I did that, um, I promised you I was going to get here in time. So I had to take the private jet, get up here in time. And uh, I flew here last night, got here about two in the morning, woke up at 4.30 to prep for first take. And then did first take, and here I am. Bro, that's love. I really appreciate that. Of course. I know you talk about your pastor, but everybody that comes on, you know I have my own line of cognac. That's right. And I need to get you a bottle, and you're going to leave here with a bottle. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, he know I can, I can get out. You, you just get nothing that? in excess. Nothing you're, in okay, excess. Okay, nothing in excess. That's, 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 but I want to toast you, bro, because you appreciate paved it. the way Thanks. for a lot of guys. You made it. Not just athlete. And I want to give you your flowers, bro. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. you, man. Thank you so much, man. Um, Coming from an HBCU, obviously, is a very, very big deal. That's something that's near and dear to my heart. I've been an ambassador for HBCU Week um, since around 2019 or so. And in that span, we've generated over, what was that, about $65 million in scholarships for over, you know, 3,000 students. And so I'm really, really proud of that. And HBCU is always near and dear to my heart. And the basketball coach, Clarence Big House Gaines, who, who helped the late, great John McClendon in integrating the sport of mm -hmm. basketball. They were both HBCU icons, and both of them were big-time mentors of mine. And they knew I didn't have the game that was going to take me to the next level, but they knew I had the mindset and the tenacity to do what I could to help yeah. HBCUs. And all he ever said to me was, when I said, what can I do for all that you've done for me? He said, don't forget HBCUs. You make sure that you help any chance you get. And that's what I've been doing. What I tell people, Stephen A., is that when I went to an HB, when I went to Savannah State, mm -hmm. I had no idea the importance or the magnitude of what was going on at the time. Right. It wasn't until much, much later right. that I realized that I had done something special. Mm -hmm. So when you're going, when you're matriculating at, at uh, Winston-Salem, did you understand no. What was going on at the time and how big of a deal it was going to be later? No, I didn't, man. All I was trying to do was get my degree um, and to make sure that I positioned myself to have a career instead of a job. When I'm giving speeches, I constantly say to kids, there's a difference between a job and a career. Right. A job is doing what you have to do to maintain or elevate your quality of life. Correct. A career is doing what you want to do. Correct. It just so happens to do those things. Yes. And so for <clears> me... Um, if you don't have an education, the chances of you being able to pull that off, even with the advent of social media and the opportunities that present themselves, I think it's a misnomer to think that you don't have to have any kind of education whatsoever and you're going to succeed from a normal perspective. There are abnormal examples, of course. There's always somebody that breaks the code. But for the most part, you got to go through that, that terrain. You got to go through that grind. And for me, it was always understanding that. So when I was at Winston-Salem, it was really about getting that degree and getting practical experiences. I did an internship at the Winston-Salem Journal. I did an internship at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Then I came back and did another internship at the Greensboro News and Record. Then back to the Winston-Salem Journal before I even graduated. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was incredibly important, establishing that resume and really, really showing that I was a worthy individual because if I didn't have those internships, something to prove that I was really, really committed by acquiring that level of practical experience, then it was going to be my resume against somebody from a PWI. Right. And if you're somebody from a predominantly white institution, chances are you're going to get the nod over somebody in an HBCU. Right. So I understood the climb. I understood the, 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 the obstacles that I, had to, that I had to fight off. And that's what I went about the business of doing. 
Did you always want to go to an HBCU or no. it just just it just happened? Bro, it just happened. I didn't even know what an HBCU was until they came to offer me a scholarship. I, I had no clue. I heard about the, the United Negro College Fund, Lou Rawls, That's doing right. that every year. <laughs> That's but right. he ain't never mentioned Savannah State. That's so right. I, I'm like, all I knew about was the big ones, the Grambling right. and the, the, uh, the Southern University. Yeah, you knew about Eddie Robinson. You yeah. knew about Eddie Robinson. Yes. But that was about it because the fact is, is that when you took it at HBCUs, I mean, there's some up north like Bowie State yeah, and the yeah. Maryland area mm -hmm. and what have yeah. you. But Maryland, for the Houston, most part, that's no. right. But for the most part, they down south. south, correct. They ain't they out west. They ain't right. in the Midwest. They damn sure ain't on the East Coast. No. So if you're living in those places, you simply don't know. Right. I, and you know what? I caught a lot of criticism because I was one of the top prospects in the state of Georgia when I was coming out. Right. And I said an HBCU wasn't my first choice. Right. Had I not had I made had I not been Prop 48, I mean, I had Georgia, I had Texas, I had Nebraska, I had all the big schools right. recruiting me. And more times than not, I'm like, but the best thing that I did, Stephen A., is when my former coach, rest his soul, Bill Davis, came down. Mm -hmm. He said, son, if you're good, they'll find you. Right. He said, if I was drafting, he said, I would take you number one overall. Wow. He convinced me. Mm -hmm. And I, when I had an opportunity to transfer and go to a PWI, right. I couldn't. Well, move. I will tell you this. It's like, and, and, a lot of, and I've said this to a lot of our white brothers and sisters. I'm like, look, ain't nothing like being surrounded by your own. And, and the advantage—it's the, the pageantry. It's homecoming. Oh my God! Oh my God! They just don't understand. They just don't understand. I mean, uh, you know, the, the bands, the pep rallies. Yes. I mean, I, Lord. The band like, played the whole game. It ain't no where well, they got the ball. You got to be quiet. The band plays the entire game, right. whether we got the ball or they got That's the right. ball. And then you got the step shows, and That's you got it. the uh, saws, and you uh, got the frats, and you got the park. Uh, and everybody's coming back from 20 years, 30 Bro. years, 10 years, 15 years. Just, 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 just stop. Just, just bring back memories. Just bring <laughs> back memories. Let me tell you something, man. I, 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 listen, you've heard me. Listen, people see me on TV. You hear me complain about a lot of things in life. You ain't never heard me complain about going to the HBC. No, 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 no. It's no. the greatest experience I've ever had in it my is. life. Let me tell you something right now. I had a mentor of mine, he did, God, God rest his soul, Mr. Robert Devon. He was the telecommunications director at Winston-Salem State. Loved him dearly. He had to convince me to graduate on time. I wanted to do internships to delay and postpone <laughs> graduation. <laughs> that's, how, that's how much I was living the life at Winston-Salem. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I mean, it was I like, do. and then everybody was like, well, you know what? You being disingenuous because you went and you did an internship in, in Atlanta. I was like, uh, have you ever heard of Spelman? Yes. I have. Yes. <laughs> I mean, right down the block. That's right down the block. Okay. At Atlanta okay. just started, and look, Atlanta's yeah. always been Atlanta. That's right. It just exploded That's in the right. last 20. But Atlanta was back. Atlanta How back in the that? 70s, in the 80s. Atlanta was like that. How about that? And then on top of it all, <laughs> check this out. So you got to take a route. If you're going down, you're going to I-85. If you're coming up, you're going to 85, I-85 North. Right. You're passing HBCUs Along in route. Yes. So it's like, yeah, I'm at Winston-Salem, but I'm stopping at Johnson C. Smith. You got Johnson C. Smith, you got Fayetteville State, I mean, it's, you it's got a Bennett College Bennett, in Greensboro, yes. all girls. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. You got Allen, you got South Carolina State. A&T, it's like, Lord. I mean, I used to take the long route, because you know, you could cut through and get to Winston-Salem State. But I used to take the long route, because you had to pass through all of them things to get to Winston-Salem. I'm like, why would I want to rush? Why would I want to do that? I tell a lot of people, I tell my white counterparts, I think I think everybody should have to experience one semester at an HBCU. Yeah. 
to, to get the feel, to get the ambiance right, right. of what it's actually like. That's right. And to have some of those teachers, because the professors, Stephen A., I believe they sincerely cared about Shannon Sharp. Absolutely. I remember going to a class, and his name was Haynes Walton. And Stephen A., he come to class with a piece of chalk this big <laughs> in his pocket. Right. And he start writing on the board. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. taking notes and everything. And he said, on this page, such and such, and in this chapter, such and such. I'm yeah. like, but damn, how he know all of that? Yeah. Every day, for like three weeks. So I got the text. I said, I'm going to find out how he knows so much. What? I started reading text by Haynes Walton. Yep. He wrote them. That him. He wrote, that's how he know everything. <laughs> he and from him. that point on. Right. Every, every, I felt that every class that I went to, every professor, doctor, they could teach me something. Yeah. And I was attentive. Now, it didn't hurt that, you know. They were in class too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I sat in the front of the class. Yeah, I was right. there, had me a brief a briefcase. <laughs> I had on, you know, right. on Fridays, I had hard right. bottom shoes on, right. slacks, had right. me a nice blazer, pretending like I'm gonna be something one day. Y'all need to come on and get on those shades. That's right. Ain't no question. And, uh, and listen, they cared. Um, they held you accountable. They did. They felt like they were an extension of the family that you departed from. Right. And they made you feel like if you disappointed, if you ended up being a disappointment. Mm -hmm. You disappointed them. Yes. You disappointed yourself. You disappointed your family. You disappointed your community. It was at a level of accountability. And not only that, they highlighted the obstacles yes, that were waiting for you. So it was like, yes. listen, we've been here. We did it. This was waiting for you. Right. What you going to do about it? Right. And there's a sense of pride that kicks in. But more importantly, when you go to an HBCU, I think this is the most important people, the most important thing for folks to understand, particularly as it pertains to black folks. Usually in every walk of society, we are alone mm -hmm. in certain respects. Yes. When you go to an HBCU, you got company. Yes. People who look like you, who share your cultural identity, who share your trials and tribulations, the obstacles, the pitfalls, everything. You literally are looking at people, hanging with people, and talking to people every day where your experiences are not foreign to them. They all know it. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to lift you up mm -hmm. unless you don't want to be. Right. And when you don't want to be, they know to leave you to the side because yes. you ain't about you, anything. Right. We're we going to stick with, right. with, with people who's right. about something. And that self-accountability elevates everybody. I think back, Stephen A., one of the, one of our, I started off, I was Prop 48, so I had to start off in developmental studies. Right. Developmental studies is remedial. Right. So in other words, all you're taking is classes that doesn't go towards graduation. Right. Dr. Joyce McLemore, I'll never forget, I had a reading class. And uh, after two days, she called me up. She always called me Mr. Sharp. To this day, when I go back and see her at Savannah State, she calls me Mr. Sharp. Mm -hmm. She said, Mr. Sharp, I don't want to see you in next next quarter. Yes. She they said, all say that. She said, you're too smart. She said, you have no business being in this class. Right. Now, Mr. Sharp, I don't want to see you next quarter. Mm -hmm. She told a story. Everybody, because at that time, I ended up graduating, got my degree and playing in the NFL. She said, y'all see that young, young man on television? He was in this very class, right. but he worked his tail off to get out. And I did. A lot of my teammates were embarrassed mm -hmm. because, you know, it wasn't a regular class, Stephen. It, yes. it was a trailer. That's right. And, you know, it was right next to Peacock Hall where I went. Mm -hmm. I would go eat breakfast and walk right up in there just as proud yeah. because I wasn't ashamed because I put myself in that situation. Right. See, you shouldn't be ashamed of something that you put yourself in. Right. I put myself in that situation. But a lot of times people don't see themselves as putting themselves in that situation because they're not willing to absorb and accept accountability. See, the beauty of being involved with athletics is that you're surrounded by people who make you accountable for yourself. You, it's like a human mirror. You know when you didn't work hard. Right. You know when you didn't put in the work. You Correct. know when you didn't listen yes. to the coach. You know when you didn't do all of these things. So that 
transitions to other forms. It could be the classroom. It could be anything else. I remember even before I got to college, seventh grade, it's in my book, Straight Shooter. My seventh grade teacher, Mr. Caravan, looked my mother dead in the face and she said, your son is not a dummy. She said, he doesn't listen with things he's not interested in. Right. He drifts. Right. So what happens is you think he doesn't know and he didn't understand. He never heard him. He will literally drift and he doesn't hear anybody anywhere. He said, but when you find out what he's passionate about, you'll have a star on your hands. Right. And that's what you said. And that came in handy because years later when I was a beat writer, especially when I was covering the 76 and stuff like that, I have this uncanny ability. I don't, I'm not saying it's a gift, but I have this uncanny ability. I have been in an arena with 20,000 people and I didn't hear a word. I didn't hear anything. Like I'm on deadline. Right. I got an article to write. I got 20 minutes to drive, to write 800 words. And I literally have the ability to block out all the noise. And it reminded me of what Professor Caravan said to my mother about drifting. Right. I drifted to a different place, except this time I saw the positive in it. Right. Because a lot of times if you're hearing that noise, you can't focus, you can't right. concentrate, you can't get the right. job done. Right. I could because I could lock in and I could tune out the noise. You sound like an athlete. If you heard athletes say it, say it's like everything slows down. Everything is moving in slow motion. I don't hear not one of those 85,000 right. right. or those 30,000 fans right. are screaming. I hear nothing. Right. Everything is just hushed. Yeah. And I can, just, I can actually hear my heartbeat. Mm -hmm. That's how quiet it is, yeah. even though I'm in a stadium right. with 80,000. And those are the great ones. As an athlete, those are the great ones. Because the ones who hear all the noise are the ones who succumb to it and they panic. They sweating a little bit extra, yes. palms sweaty, backsides mm -hmm. tight, they can't really handle the pressure, they fold under the pressure. But when you can, you, when you can be composed and poised under pressure, right. particularly on the field of athleticism, whether it's a quarter play, the field of play, or whatever the case may be, you gotta star your hands. That wasn't me, that was me when it came to my job. Right. I could tune out all of that noise. What people have is pressure. It's like, it's like we do television every day. I'm in front of the camera, bro. I worry about nothing. Right. I'm not phased. By, I don't care who's in front of me. I don't care what noise people are saying on the outside. I don't care about the camera folks. I don't care about the producers in the control room. I don't care about the bosses upstairs, whatever. When the camera is in front of me, I believe I own it. Right. And I'm not phased by anything. It just doesn't phase me. Right. But I've seen people who have been reporters, for example, mm -hmm. and... You put them in front of the camera, brother, they sweating bullets. They nervous as hell. They stuttering. They don't know what to say. They're trying to gather their mm -hmm. thoughts. They're trying to be ultra careful. They don't know what to think, what to say, or right. whatever the case. And I'm like this. They have no chance. Yeah. They have no chance. And, and, but pe people think it's easy. Everybody mm -hmm. can't talk on camera. Right. Everybody can't speak in front of us in, in front of an audience. Right. We've seen some of the greatest players. Yeah. Not be able to do what you and I do on the regular. And right. people just like, well, how do you do it? Right. You just do it. You just do it. I don't. I don't see you. Right. I don't hear all. I all I hear is my own right. voice. Right. You. I'm a little different than that. I think that you and I would be a little bit different than that because that's your gift and that's cool. Me, as anybody producer, anybody would tell you, when I'm on the air, that's why they named me the executive producer first. Like, I ain't asked for the job. I didn't need another job. Right. I, the last thing I need is another <laughs> job, bro. I didn't. Yeah. It ain't like they throwing extra money my way for this. Right. You know what I'm saying? It ain't yeah. happening. But they came to me and I'm like this. They're like, why? They say, you producing the damn show anyway on the set. 
you looking at the camera. I know this camera is on. I know this right. camera is off. I'm imagining what the audience is doing because I have a connection with the audience. Right. This is what they want to hear. This is what they don't want to hear. This is who they want to hear from at this particular moment in time. This is who they want to hear more at this particular right. moment in time. All right, Steve, it's time to jump in. All right, Steve, it's time to lay back because the objective is the show. It's not me. It's not you. It's the show. Correct. And the objective is to make sure that the people on camera are maximizing their, their potential in terms of their presentation to the audience to grab them and to reel them in. Right. That's how I'm thinking. Right. And all, now that it didn't, it wasn't at the beginning. At the beginning, I was a lot like that. But as time went on, you're just seeing and you're saying, well, wait a minute. Why did this, you're the quarterback. this person? I've always that's what I've see, been. See, see, for me, I'm I got look, I, I know what everybody's supposed to right, do. Right. But I focus on my job. That's now, right. if I need to tell somebody their route, or right. they need to, hey, this blitz, you hot, right. or you got to block. Well, blitz. you showed the world that with, the, with what you posted on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, who laid it up for you? you, you who laid it up you for you? Do. And then you like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm that's what you supposed right. to do. That's that's that to me is my job. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Like, when you say like uh, these viral, and people ask like, when do you know what you're gonna say? A lot of times when stuff goes viral, mm -hmm. I had no idea because I don't know what he's gonna say. Right. You don't know what everybody's gonna say, but sometimes it just it just happens. A right. moment happens. How much is just reactionary? Or because, like I said, you have a lot of different. You have Mad Dog, you have Ryan Clark, you have Do, you have Swaggoo, you have so many different people. So it's hard to get a beat or rhythm mm -hmm. to what they're gonna say if you don't know them. Okay. And if you don't know the audience. Okay. And so what happens is. I know what the audience wants from Ryan Clark. Mm -hmm. I know what it wants from Swagoo. I know what it wants from Molly. I know what it wants from Mad Dog. I know what it wants from Olaski. I know what it wants from Shannon Sharp okay. for the purposes of that show. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at Shannon Sharp and I'm like, I'm a three-time Super Bowl champion. That's one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history. That's a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. And damn it, he loud. And he's boisterous. He gonna come right at you and all of this other stuff. Okay, this is what they want. And this is what they're going to get. Right. Now, you don't want to give it to them too much. Right. All in one bowl. Right. You want to spread it out. You want to sprinkle it out. Right. You want oh, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit. All right, it's 10, 10, 10 o'clock. Boom. 10, 15, here we come. The momentum is swelling. All of a sudden, it might be a little bit too much. You might want to dial it back a little bit because we coming at 11. Right. We might come at 11, 15. Help, we coming at 11, 30. See, that's how I'm thinking. Okay. So it's like, okay, yeah, I want you to shine and I want you to, I want you to be you because I'm going to be me. Right. And so here we come and the audience is watching. How do you know that? Because you paid attention to the audience. Right. You're not sitting up there manipulating them. You're not disrespecting them. You're showing them you appreciate them because you're paying attention to to what they're telling you and showing you they want. Yeah. A lot of times you have talent and it's like, listen, this is my lane and there's something to be said about that. When you know who you are yes. and you know what you bring, that's not to be disrespected, that's to be appreciated. Okay, here's his strength. Well, if I have a different strength, how do I get to compliment that so he can shine while we shine? That is the objective when you're trying to win. And it's applicable on a football field, on a quarter plate, or on a television set. Mm -hmm. But how many people are thinking like that? I'll tell you who. The winners think like that. The losers don't. Wow. It's very simple. You know what? I want to address some comments that you said because you said condolences in advance. Yep. He's the modern-day Black Hulk. 
he's not used to getting beat down. That's right. Welcome to the beat down. Well, let me tell you. Let me elaborate. First of all, obviously, I wasn't talking about physically. <laughs> I got no shot. I got no shot. I mean, let's get that out the way right now. <laughs> let's get that out the way right now. You understand what I'm saying? Let's get that out the way right now. I was not talking about physically. I got no shot whatsoever. But, you know, I've seen you. I've seen you debate quite often. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I see I'm good at the thing. And, you know, you I'm good for you, 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 you could do your thing, but, you know, you, you ain't never been up against me. You see, it's just a little, a little different going up against me. You see, what happens is you got people that are trying to win the debate to be right. Yeah. False. It's about your perspective mm-hmm. up against mine. Mm-hmm. And who can convince the audience their perspective is better than the next? Oh. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You see, a lot of times somebody, gets, like somebody, that, it's a mistake to argue with Shannon Sharp about the facts of football. <laughs> you don't do that. Not if you didn't play. Right. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, please, you got no shot. <laughs> but you can go like this. You know something? I, it's really nice. I heard what you said. But you see, you said this two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's not consistent with what I just heard. I mean, I, you saw this game right there. Now, I'm not you, but damn it, I got two eyes. Right. I saw that. Are you telling me what I saw was a lie? Really? You're sure about that? But didn't you say this a year ago? You see, these are the kind of things like, you know, you obviously, you know, you love yourself some LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's going to happen. He the goal. He the goal. He's not. Say it with me. He's not. He the goal. He's not. I just got up the phone with MJ last night. That's okay. to remind him. You should have hung up on him. Just to remind him. hung up on MJ. Yeah. Say the goat. The blasphemy coming out of your mouth right now. Okay. It's okay. You can believe that. You can believe that. The man's still going to Toronto 21. But we'll do. I'm sure. You know what? Right. The first LeBron right, topic right, right. don't need to be nobody. Here's what the don't deal. need to be nobody here's, there. Here's what's going to hurt you. Here's what's going to hurt you. Because you see, when you're talking like that, people are like, but, shit, but, shit, that. Nope. I'm going to sit back and let you talk. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say, you finish? Are you finished? You sure? You're finished? No. And then you're going to be like, nah. And I'm going to say, you got to wait now. Because I waited. Here I come. And you have to deal with the tsunami that I'm going to bring. I'm going to rain down upon you when it comes as Especially to that subject. But, but see, Especially to that, that subject. But see you. And that's what and that's what you're gonna hurt. Listen, LeBron, listen, I got this man. The game was started in 1947. Man. I got LeBron James, the thousands of players that have played in the NBA. I got him number two all time. Yeah, yeah. You got people walking around like that's disrespect. It is. I got him. No, see, see, that's emotion. It that's is. emotion it right there. That's emotion right there. Listen, let me tell you something right now. I personally believe a legitimate argument could be made that I'm sitting in front of the greatest tight end in the history of football. Some people bring in Gronk, Tony Gonzalez, other Travis players, Kelsey. whatever, Travis Kelly, of course. Gates, bring all this stuff. But you're in the conversation, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know because yeah. your brethren, I mean, they give you right. mad love and respect, right? I can say that. But my point to you is, is that if somebody said you weren't number one, you don't feel insulted. No. So why you got to be insulted about LeBron? Because. That's emotion. No, that's it ain't no emotion. That's be- emotion. Be- but it go. That's, huh? See, that's you, emotion you right told there. me the storm was coming. Right. See, your storm happened for nine years, then took two years off. Right. And it happened for three years, yep. and took another three years off. That's right. And then it kind of just was like drizzling. Right. My th- storm been going for 21 years, Rainy. Right, right. You could say that, and my retort to that would be six NBA Finals losses. 
So, so they only, so they hold on. Just, it's just it's six final losses. Yeah. Honey, six finals losses. Let me ask you a question. Six. I just want you to tell me one thing. We're going to debate this. Sure. Tell me the team that he faced that was the 2017 or the 2018 Golden State Warriors. What do you mean? I don't understand your question. Michael Jordan, tell me the no, team. You talking about Michael you, Jordan? I want you to tell me the team that Michael Jordan faced that was the equivalent no, of the 17 no and 18. No one. Can I respond to that? Sure. Can I tell you why? No one. Do you know why? <laughs> because none of them had Jordan. No. <laughs> that's exactly why. Okay, let me that's exactly why. Oh. See, 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 that's the ultimate equalizer or usurper. Pick whichever one you want to you want to pick. Do you understand that Jordan is 6-0 in NBA Finals? Yes. Do you understand that Jordan was MVP all six NBA Finals? Yes. Do you understand that Jordan never even allowed a, a final series to go seven games? Uh, yeah. You understand that? I'll, it never went seven games. I also, I also, you understand that? I also know he, I'm, I'm, he I'm, just started I'm, going to finals because I had Bird back with us. Excuse me. Ten-time NBA scoring champion. Nine-time All-Defensive play, All-Defensive first team. You do know that, right? Yeah. All right. So, so in other words, is, it was LeBron on both sides of the ball. Was he that dominant? Oh, he was dominant. But you know he should have won. You know he should have won. You, are you kidding me, Stephen A? Are you kidding Stephen me, Stephen A? I'm a give me this. Okay. You know good well LeBron James should have one Defensive Player of the Year. How does How does uh, 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 Mark Gasol, who's a second-team All-Defensive Player, be Defensive Player of the Year? I agree with that. I agree with that. But. The flip side to it is that as we watched LeBron James, even with his greatness at one point in time as a defensive player, we never looked at him and said, oh, my God, that's that dude defensively. Yeah. You had you had. Now, LeBron is universally respected and revered. MJ was feared. You know the difference. You know the difference because I'm there are people who have feared you. You know the difference better than me. You know the difference between reverence. And fear. Look, look. You know this. You like John Wick. I like James Bond. He's all Bond. right. He's all right. Hold John on. Bond, I, 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 can I have James Bond? I prefer, oh, you James, Bond. Okay. I prefer James Bond. You can be John Wick. Okay. I prefer James Bond. John Wick James shot Bond. up a whole place. Kill everybody. Okay. James Bond killed a few people, but got the ladies. That's they right. do the same That's thing. That's right. Remember when Halle Berry, remember when Halle Berry was walking out what the ocean? Come up that when water? he was walking out the ocean and yeah. he said, magnificent view. Remember that? I remember that. The small one. That was where, that, you know, that, 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 that's, that stuff. And stuff like Pierce Brosnan, yeah. but you know Daniel Craig, yeah. of course Sean Connery, Connery yeah. the man. Okay, yeah. I mean, there's a, I'm trying to say the versatility of James Bond is where the it versatility comes in, of and James. It's, and it's, it's, you could say that, but at the you end could guard one through five. You seen him do it. I'm not denying that. Shut down Tony Park on one end. In the last five minutes, say I got Timmy D. I also saw him get checked when Jason Terry was guarding him in the post in his finals against Dallas. You go ahead and deny that? No! Okay, then. So, so Let me ask you a question. Has there ever been a time <laughs> when Michael Jordan showed up in an NBA Finals and you literally looked at him and said, yo, he ain't show up? He ain't <laughs> even playing nobody. Come on. Let me ask you a question. I, I'm going to do it like this here. Sure. Tell me the guy that he faced that with the award, the equivalent of Kevin Durant in an Michael, NBA Finals. Michael, Michael, Michael Jordan? Jordan. Well, I wouldn't or say Steph the, Curry. I, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say the equivalent of, of Kevin Durant, but let's go down the list. He beat Magic for his first title. Magic was 73. Okay, I find you. I'm going, I'm going down the list. I'm okay. going down the list. I didn't hear you say that when Magic was here, but we'll talk no, about that. We'll talk about that you know Magic. You didn't say that when Magic was here. He you didn't tell him that. The man that's okay. gone okay. the nine, nine finals I in feel, 10 I, years. I feel you on that. And by the way, he took Vlade Divac and those guys. Yes. Wasn't Kareem and Worthy in them. I got but that. you saw what he did I mean, to put Jordan I mean, in the first game, right? Allow me. Put a triple double on him. They had to put Scottie Pippen on it. That's cool. Okay, I ain't going to say he backed him down. Made it look like Kareem and Caldwell Jones. Okay, that's, go fair. that's fair. Michael Jordan, I'm sorry, Magic Johnson in the first title. Clyde Drexler in the crew, the second title. Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson. Don't ignore okay. that. Dan Marley and them, the third that title. Good, good okay, team. okay. 
Peyton, the glove with Sean Kemp, before he became Sean Kemp. That's one Hall of Famer. And then also you've got Carl Malone, John Stockton. Yes. And you have an NBA game that was considerably tougher at that particular moment in time than today's NBA game is in terms of physicality and what's allowed. Yes. So you can appreciate this. Yes. You can appreciate that. But see, when you can put your when you can put your forearm on people, when you can hand check them, when you can do a lot of things you can't do now. Right now you get caught for passing gas. True. You will. But it's a different game now. But here's the thing, Stephen. A. Okay. What you and the old school guard okay. have equated physicality okay. with talent and skill. The guys in today's game that. are more skilled. I, I totally agree with that. Okay. I totally agree with that. But you would know this better than me because you were an all-world player. Even though the game of the NFL has evolved significantly, yeah. you know good and damn well that if you were playing in this time, oh, yeah. you would have adapted. Yes. You played in that time, you yeah. adapted. Yeah. The game in the 60s and 70s, you would have adapted you have to, to adapt. those times. So what I'm trying to say to you is this. Michael Jordan was what he needed to be. If he was playing today, he would be what he needed to be in order to be successful today. Right. That's my, all I'm trying to say. When you see greatness on that level, yeah. you have to concede that that's the case. But see, all they asked Michael to do was to cook. LeBron had to cook. He had to clean. He had to wait tables. Well, he had to can, take well, orders. Well, you can say that, but what I'm saying is if, if, the, if the brother's doing it on both sides of the floor, then obviously he's doing more than one thing. He's doing that too. But Why is he doing all how, many, thing? how many guys you know that are top five scorers and top five assists? How about this? How about one Shaquille O'Neal mm -hmm. with Penny Hardaway, yeah. Nick Anderson, 3D, Dennis Scott, and those boys yeah. were on Orlando, right? Yeah. How about the fact that they couldn't even get the ball past half court because Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan had them on locking? Yeah, with full Ron court Harper. Press, full court press. We ain't never seen LeBron do that. We never see LeBron do that. LeBron do that. You know, stop it. He never did it. You remember when D. He never did it. You remember when stop D. Rose it. was the MVP? Y'all voted D. Rose MVP. What did he do to D. Rose it's, in the playoffs? Excuse me. Excuse me. D. Rose, what kind of team did he have? You couldn't tell me Yo Kim Noah and those boys no. was a, a support they, was the number, they, they did enough to get the number one seed so and you didn't say okay. nothing. So what? Did, did you you voted him MVP. That's why I called him. Ronnie told it. I voted him MVP mm -hmm. and still picked Miami to win that series. Mm -hmm. I knew they weren't going to beat Miami in the best of seven. Yeah. The playoffs are different. Yeah. All right? But that don't mean LeBron deserved the MVP. I, and oh, by the way, I don't even knock LeBron James for not getting the MVP because when you're that great, you're not going to put all your efforts in over 82 games. You're playing for April, mm -hmm. May, and June. So this is entirely plausible. I'm very fair to LeBron James. Your dollar Sometimes. Back, most times. Most times. Actually, I'd say all. It's just that I call it like I see it. I'm not emotional like you. No, no, no. You're emotional. You, 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 you I, are I emotional you. about I've been, I've been doing my homework on you. Yeah, LeBron. you know what? I got a call today for one Michael Jordan. He rolled up on me in a black yeah. SUV and rolled the window yeah, down. that's true. That's true. He yeah. Did. That was scary. I thought he was going to shoot. I thought, I thought it was a drive-by. It was in Denver. <laughs> I thought it was a damn drive-by. scared the living hell out of me. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, that's, it, that, that's an absolutely true story. But at the end of the day, all I'm trying to say is that LeBron is phenomenal. He's great. We should throw no shade on him. One of the greatest ever. Top the, two, top three. I did you, I didn't so, see you say one yeah, of it. First, first of all, T -H he will never be greater than Jordan to me. But more importantly, <laughs> let's go to Kareem. 19-time All-Star. Six-time league MVP. Champion on a high school level. They don't get Kareem's credit. Champion you know they don't UCLA, get credit, though. Champion in the NBA. Okay. Six times. I'm, good Lord and mercy. Six, okay. six MVPs. All-time leading scorer before LeBron surpassed him. All of that stuff happened. I'm just saying, come on now. The resume is better, but I still don't believe he was the player that LeBron James is. Yeah. All right? But what I hold, and, I, and I'll say this to you. I'll tell you something that I very really said. If you took LeBron James' career from 2012 
to now. And that was his history from his first title yeah. to what he is now. And you wanted to make an argument against Jordan. I'm listening. The problem is we don't get to ignore those first seven or eight years where there were a couple of occasions where one, he was accused of quitting and number, and I don't believe that, by the no. way. No, I don't believe they that. They accused Noah drunkenness. No, 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 I'm talking about his God still gave him the heart. I got you, but I feel you, but it's true, but it's still accused of drunkenness. Okay. But the point is, no, 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 against Boston. I don't yeah. believe that. Yeah. I, it was a lot of stuff going on yeah. with LeBron that's none of our business that people, they were totally unfair to him, including his damn teammates. Yeah. But that's a different story for yeah. another day. I never held that against Right. But when you got four games against the Dallas Mavericks in which people looked at you and said choke. If you said Yo, that, you bro, know what? If you, you cannot get past I that. Can't, I can't, I can't argue can't. out that one. You I can't, can't argue that, out of that and, one. And that to me, that to me sealed the deal about the MJ LeBron comparison. So what, what, what if he were to win a title this year? Don't matter. At 39 me. years of age. So, so, so that don't erase Jordan. Wait, you see, there you go. See, th see, that's the argument that people have when I was talking about Tom Brady not playing well. I'm not trying to take away what Jordan's accomplished. I agree. He got those rings. Right. He got six finals right. MVPs. Right. He has six championships. He yeah. has five regular season MVPs. Correct. If LeBron gets another title, Stephen A., mm -hmm. I'm not going to erase what Jordan did, mm -hmm. but he already here, he already here for me. Okay. All he's doing is just... But but what I'm saying to you is I already talked about the Dallas thing. Yeah. And I talked about moments, which you can appreciate. What I'm trying to say to you is that when you are that dude... Right. That doesn't happen to you often. That happened to Magic when they called them tragic because he yeah, had to turn over Dennis Johnson in 84 and all yeah. that. Mm -hmm. We get all of that. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? But for the most part, that doesn't happen. And this is the kind of thing that you also have to pay attention to as well. Not only do you not get to say that about Jordan... But when you look at LeBron, think about this. You want me to tell you what I hold against him just as much as I held against the Dallas performance? What? The following year with the All-Star game. You got the ball in your hands. It's an exhibition. Oh, he passed it. It's an it. exhibition. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't count. Right. It's all in fun. Right. Kobe claps his hand, God rest right. his soul. So and come he's on like, with yo, it. let's come on come with on it. With. You got D-Wade on the court. You got Melo in the corner. Yeah. And he threw the pass. And all three of them... Along with Kobe, descended on LeBron and said, yo, what's up? What you doing? Because they knew he was psyched out. He was messed up. And what I'm saying to you is that Kobe wasn't like that. MJ wasn't like that. D-Wade wasn't like that. In his first NBA Finals appearance, they down 0-2 to Dallas. Oh, D-Wade goes berserk, averages yeah. 37 in the last four games. Right. I'm just saying it's stuff like that. It's not that you look at LeBron and you diminish him. It's just that you can't elevate him above somebody like MJ when I got that evidence to support my argument. That's all. And that's why I got him number two all time. God strike me down. I mean, my Lord, I mean, what an insult. I mean, the number two all time in the history of the game. And it's an insult. Only you and, and Rich Paul and people like that feel that way. Most of us sane individuals know better. No. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, it's really good, Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let me ask you this. Yeah. You and I have conversation, and people are like, well, how close are you to Stephen A? I said, uh, I met him in 2014 when, mm-hmm. I, when I came on the show. Yeah. I said, we've talked over the years. We exchanged numbers, and we've talked over the years. Yeah. But I said, over the last year and a half or so, uh, I was going through some things, and he was the one guy that was in this business that I felt I could talk to. It would stay between us, mm-hmm. but he would give me sound advice. And so now you have your thing with First Take. You, you, you are the voice. You are the face of First Take. Mm-hmm. You're the first face of ESPN. Mm-hmm. What made you reach out and say, bro, I want you? Because I got love for you, bro. And that's just, that's just me being a man and, and, and speaking as two brothers. Um, you know you know our former boss at First Take, Jamie Horowitz, who yeah. was over at, he brought you over to FS1 and mm-hmm. all of that. And he knows my history. He knows what I stand for. Um, I remember when I first, you can ask him, I remember when I first arrived on First Take, and I rolled up in there, and I saw a bunch of white folks. And I said, yo, where the brothers and the sisters at? You don't think I'm going to be sitting here working with a bunch of white folks, do you? I don't mind white folks. I ain't got nothing against y'all. God bless you. You understand what I'm right. saying? We all brothers and sisters in the eyes of God when all is said and done. But you ain't going to just have me surrounded by a bunch of lily white folks. You better sprinkle, this, sprinkle some, some little pepper in some, here. Some, a little pepper up in this mix. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? And so, you know, he brought one. And then the next thing you know, I picked two or three others and made sure to diversify that staff. And then one of the things that I did 
when I came in there, I knew Skip was going to want to debate me or whatever, but I was talking about subject matters that we needed to broach because it was still his show, but he respected me enough to get my opinion. And I was like, look, we need all of these other people because I want voices and I'm, I'm just, I'm built differently. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is there's no shade on you or anybody else. But I don't believe anybody's knocking me off my perch. Mm -hmm. I will knock me off my perch. You know, corporate stuff, bureaucratic stuff. Yeah. That's stuff you can't, you know. Right. But I'm talking about in terms of my on-air performance, right. my job performance. I don't worry about it. You know what I worry about? The day that I want to leave and I haven't done anything to create opportunities for us to continue. And so for me, it's like I look at you. I think that you're smart. You're obviously incredibly accomplished. You ain't going to never hear me say, no disrespect to anybody, not to bring up nothing. You ain't going to never hear me say three Super Bowl championships <laughs> and Hall of Fame status don't mean nothing. I don't roll like that. Right. That's not who I am. I'm the kind of person that I argue with you about football, but I want the audience to know, yo, you the football expert. Right. Not me. Right. I'm the reporter that walks in and I'm like, this is what I saw. Tell me I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm seeing. Tell me I'm wrong. This is where I'm coming from. Just like me and you talk about. Right. I know you. I don't give a damn how much basketball you know. You don't know no more basketball than me. Mm -hmm. I've been covering. I learned from living legends and all this stuff. But I still want to hear what you have to say. If right. you can listen to me talk about football, why the hell can I listen to you talk about basketball? Right. And so all of that. And then your heart being con a conscientious brother, caring about the issues that you caring about, speaking about the issues that you speak about. Nah, brother, iron sharpens iron. And yeah, I got Mad Dog Russo. That's white. I got Dan Orlovsky. That's a white dude. You see what I'm saying? You know, Jeff Saturday at one time, he was on the show. That's a white man. But the bottom line is I want it all. I want to make sure there's brothers, there's sisters, black and white, ethnic, you know, Hispanics, mm -hmm. Asian. I don't give a damn who it is. I want to make sure we're representing America and we make sure that everybody that looks at our show says I can identify with what they're saying. But in the end, when it comes to me personally... You know, whether it's Ryan Clark, it's Marcus Spears, all right, it's Damian Woody, it's Lewis Riddick, the list goes on and on. My brother Michael Irvin that's now over at SS1, Keyshawn Johnson, these are my boys. I go back decades with these. Mm -hmm. These are my brothers. Right. You see what I'm saying? They will tell you, you ask anybody that, that knows me, I'm about getting you paid. I'm about helping you become successful. I'm about letting you shine. I'm not threatened by anybody's appearance. It's it's my obligation. But you heard it. You do it. You've heard the comments. Yes. Man, Stephen A. Man, he's strong will. He bragged. Blah blah blah. Right. Shannon, strong will. Yeah. I'm yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. How is that gonna work? They you, don't know. They you know what I tell do. people? Yeah. I'm saying two people that strong will can absolutely get along. That's right. As long as there's respect. Absolutely. The moment one disrespects the other, mm -hmm. the other loses respect for the one that disrespected him. Right. So now it's just a matter of time. Exactly. And that's not going to happen. No. Because I don't roll like that. I don't either. I don't roll like no. that. It's like, yo, I'm going to argue with you about your points. But you know what? We're going to agree. We're going to disagree. But at the end of the day, we brothers and we're going to sit up there and try to do what we can to make the, right. our product shine. Right. That's our responsibility. Because if we do, if we do otherwise... All we're doing is inhibiting the other success. Right. We're getting in the way of what we're trying to do. Right. That makes no Girl, sense whatsoever. Right. And not only that, it's setting a bad example for our community. Right. But I need, really need to get deep about yeah. it. Because what happens is, is that, oh, so they can't chill. They can't sit up there right. and do a show right. together. They can't get along. You see that crabs in the barrel mentality, blah, blah, blah. Nah, man, we showing something different. Right. You know, first take, I've been blessed and fortunate enough, throwing shade on nobody. We've been number one for 12 years. We're going to be number one for 13. 
It's just that simple. And 14. And damn it, if I do it for 15, it's going to be 15. That's the way it's going to be. That's how my mentality is. And I don't root for anybody to fail. I just root to be the best. Right. And there's a difference. And as far as I'm concerned, anybody that's with me, we the best. This is what we're going to do. So now it's we. It ain't Stephen A. It's, it's we. we. And when you come to first take because you ain't start yet, you're going to see it's a family. You're going to see we get along. It ain't fake. We roll with one another. Right. We vibe for one another. We watch one another's back. It has always been that way under my stewardship of the right. show. And I can say my stewardship of the show because the show was handed to me. They ain't come to me and I just took the title and all. No. Right. They came to me and said, it's yours. You're responsible for it. Mm -hmm. If I didn't want Shannon Sharp at first take, Shannon Sharp wouldn't be at first take. Absolutely. That's just how it rolls. No question. But, but I had to come out that day because... Well, all that you were Bro, going when you was telling me this behind, see, what you're saying right. now right. is that you told me months in advance because right. you were telling me things that were going on at Fox. Hell, I didn't know. And I'm like, hold on. I drive this building every day. How the hell you know what I don't know? You And you're telling me, bro, it's going down like this. It's happening like this. And I'm just scratching my head. I'm like, I'm at this building every day and everybody was, cheesing was and pleasing right? in was my... I, was I right? You was absolutely spot on. Say <laughs> I was right. You know. And, and by the way, it wasn't because of Fox. It's because I know the business. Right. I've been here for 30 years. I can see it a mile away. You know, I can see the handwriting on the wall. I knew when it was over for you, bro. I'm going to be real with you. I knew when it was over. And I was like, I'm here. You see what I'm saying? You because, did. because I knew what was going to happen. What happens is when you got noise, and we're going to call it like, I'm going to call it like I see it. You don't want to do this. Let me do it. <laughs> All right? Because I've been in the business long enough. When you're black and you have the kind of evident, apparent, meaning public situations like that, we don't win. Everybody's circling. The sharks are circling now. It's not one person. Mm -hmm. And it's not, uh, you know, collusion going on. Instinctually, people tend to believe this, believe this, believe that. And the sharks are circling. And that's why I came out. You know the number one reason I came out, even before first take was even on my mind? You know the number one reason I came out, Shannon Sharp, and I said, I want Shannon Sharp on first take? Because I wanted the world to know that you were wanted. That was the most important thing to me. I wanted the work. I didn't want you to be in a situation where the sports world looked at you and said, what do you do? He must have done something. Mm -hmm. Persona non grata. Yep. Blah, 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 yep. blah, blah. So I said, I said, if he ends up here, he ends up here. The honchos know I want him. But more importantly than that, this is a brother that I think has done a lot of good work on television that has helped our community. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it's incumbent upon me because of the perch that I sit on to let them know right. he's wanted. Right. Don't cut him off because that's what they did to me in 2009. They cut me off and left me for dead, bro. And I'm not talking about ESPN. I'm talking about the industry. They cut me off and left me for dead. They thought I was done. They were writing my epitaph. And I knew it. And I said, I was blessed and fortunate enough to have enough connections and to do what I do to overcome it. I don't know if this brother does. So let me let the world know he has me, and we'll go from there. That happened. And it worked out. That absolutely happened like that because you and I was talking, and you was like, "Bro, I got this." But as soon as I get out of this meeting, 
I'll hit you back. That's right. And we were talking 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, and you took every last one of my calls. And I'm thinking to myself, and I remember getting on the phone calling my sister, and I was like, Libby, it's, it's, it's probably going to happen. I said, because it's not coming from inside. It's coming from somebody that I know knows the business, and he wouldn't bull-jive me. But he told me that there's a 95% chance that it's going to happen, and he wants me on his show. Right. And I'm like, I, don't want, I think I'm good at what I do. Right. And, and for him... It did my heart good right. because I know what you represent in this industry right. to say, I want him on my show. Right. Whatever, whatever this, I don't believe nothing. Look, you go back and from when I was with the Broncos for 12, 10 years, right. went to Baltimore for two, back to the Broncos for two, CBS for a decade, I was with Fox for six years. Not one person ever said anything bad about Shadow. He's difficult to work with. Right. He did this, that. My greatest compliment from players it's guys that were on my team say, Shannon Sharp's the greatest teammate I ever had. Mm -hmm. he, he's my favorite teammate. The right. way he approached it, the way he was. Mm -hmm. And so for you to come to me right. and to say what you said when you didn't have to do any of it. Right. And nobody would have held that against you. Because like you said, that's what would have happened. Yeah. And I heard it. Man, he must have did something. Yeah. No. Showed yeah. up every day on time yeah. and did a hell of a job. I remember when Jamie Horowitz, who we're talking about, mm -hmm. came to recruit me. Mm -hmm. In 2016, in April, at the W Hotel, he said, you're going to be a star. Yeah. I said, I said, Jamie, I, I know what I, he said, trust me. Yeah. He says, I know but talent. It goes deeper than that. Because you see, Jamie, whether he wants to tell you this or not, I knew back then Skip was auditioning you. Because whenever I took off, you would be there. Yes. And what Jamie wouldn't tell anybody is that there were extra days that I would take off just so Skip could bring you on. Because, again, if you're not creating opportunities for other people, what good are you? Right. My pastor says, and I'm not the most religious person in the world. I mean, as promiscuous as I've been in my lifetime, at least for the first <laughs> I mean, I mean, I am in no position, you know, I'm, I'm a lot better now over the last, over the last decade or so, but Lord, I have my issues, no question about it. And, and, and you know, my pastor would say all the time, there's no success without a successor. And so when I look at, you know, for me, all the brothers that are on the show, one of my proudest moments was when Michael Irvin came last year. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it was proud, because I love the playmaker. I mean, he and I are very, very tight with brothers. And I know what his name brings and the stature that it holds. And so you're thinking that he comes and others are going to feel alienated. But if you watched him when he was on the show with us, it was a brotherhood. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? He's a great man. And, and it was a brotherhood. See, you so you know so him because all, you know how great he exactly. is. Exactly. He loved so, everybody. But, but it's like all of these, mm -hmm. all, I mean, Orlovsky and RC and everybody, Swagger, they, they wanted to be on the air with him. Right. And so my point is, is that that's how it's supposed to be. Yes. It's like, wait a minute, the NFL constantly talks about what a brotherhood exists. Yeah. Well, guess what? First Take is a platform for brotherhood. Right. So when Shannon... Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now comes on, yeah, you're going to be on the air with me. But guess what? Them brothers going to slide up in there. Yes. Y'all need to be with each other. Yeah. You need to be next to each other. You need to be, you know, verbally knocking somebody like me upside the head when I'm coming right. at y'all. Like, right. yeah, I'm not, I'm not a little journalist. Right. I, I saw this. Yeah, you know, and y'all like, like, look at this guy right here. You right. know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and, and we're laughing and having a blast. It's entertainment, bro, but it's information. Right. Okay? It's perspective. Yes. It's serious stuff that needs to be addressed. It's the whole gamut. And think about it. We got the national airwaves for the worldwide leader available to us to disseminate and display our message, our belief, our culture, our perspectives, and put them all on display for everybody to see, to combat or to embrace. Right. But the point is, at the end of the day, you ain't going to feel alone. Right. You're going to be there and we're going to be together. Why? Because I'm going to have your back. That's why. And they're going to have your back. And that's the way it's going to be. You know what people ask that's me? That's the way it's going to be. When people ask me, Stephen A., it's like, bro, how do you say what you say? Mm-hmm. And then, because Shannon, you go to the game, you might be bumping mm-hmm. into some of these guys. Right. Say, so how do you handle that situation? I say, if I see them out, I'll nod. They acknowledge me. I acknowledge them back. If they don't, I keep it moving. Keep it moving. I don't make it personal because right. I don't know these guys well enough to make it personal. Right. I'm talking about a given situation. Mm-hmm. You didn't play good in last night game. That's it. It doesn't diminish anything that you accomplished before last night. Right. It doesn't diminish anything that you might accomplish moving forward. Right. I'm talking about a specific set of events right. that happened last night. Right. How do you handle that, Stephen? Because I know, see, most times they look at me, they do a double take. They're like, nah, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. let that go. That's right. They don't, want that, they, don't want, they don't want that smoke. They don't want that smoke. They, they don't want to approach they you They're going to like, okay, we I'm cool. Like, yeah, 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 I'm just going to pretend like I don't see you. <laughs> yeah. But with you, I'm thinking it like, man, why you say that? Yeah. I, well, first of all, I respect any of them who comes up to me man to man and confronts me. Yes. Because if you want to have a conversation, here's where I'm big on. If I said something publicly and I'm wrong, I'm going to correct it publicly. Thank you. I'm not going to do something publicly and then apologize privately. Right. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it publicly. Right. I'm a man up because that's the kind of man that I am. That's how my, my, my mama raised me to be. The other thing that I'm going to do, but if I'm right, I'm not budging. 
You ain't going to scare me. You ain't going to intimidate me. You ain't going to phase me. Let's get it on. Like I tell people all the time, figuratively or otherwise, it's not about getting your ass kicked. It's about what you're willing to take an ass kicking for. Mm -hmm. You got to be principled. Right. And you got to be for somebody sure. that's willing to stand on something. Yes. And I'm the kind of person that's willing to stand on something. I'm not trying to get personal. I'm talking about your game. Right. You ain't gonna, listen, I've seen players do some stuff behind the scenes. Man, I'm walking out of a hotel room, whatever. I see whatever. And I'm like this. It ain't illegal or nothing like that. But I'm just going like this. I don't know what you're talking about. I keep it moving. Ain't none right. of my business. Ain't none of my business. Ain't none of my business. Right. I mean, just, but when you shoot two for 20, oh, that's my that's business. That's my business. When, when you lose engaged, that's my business. <laughs> when you stinking up the joint, that's my business. When you're not showing up in practice, that's my business. When you sitting there bitching and whining and moaning about your money, but you ain't earning it, that's my business. Because that's your career right. that you've decided to put on public display. Correct. That's the difference. But your personal business, man, I always got you covered right. on that. As long as, you know, don't ask me to assist in breaking any laws or anything like that, because I ain't going to jail for your ass. Right. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> but outside of that, I mean, ain't none of my business. I keep it right. moving. Football. Yeah. You love your team. I'm thinking you like all things New York. Steelers. You the Steelers guy. I'm a diehard Steelers fan because the first, day, the first game I ever saw was the Immaculate Reception. Wow. When I was six years old. Mm -hmm. My dad. The, the Immaculate Reception, Franco Harris against the Raiders. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with the black and gold ever since. Yeah, I've been I still haven't given uh, Neil O'Donnell for that interception you threw the Larry Brown in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I still am recovering from that. I still haven't given, given Ike Taylor for giving up a damn touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas that Tebow threw. Don't get me that started. Probably the worst moment. That might have been the worst moment of your own career. That might have been the worst one, Steve. Yo, man, I, listen, man. I had... Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> I, I, was with, I was with a girl I was dating at the time. And, you know, her fine self and everything. And... I, I had my mind on other things. Yeah. And Tebow connected that pass. I collapsed face first on her living room rug and laid there for two hours. Didn't do nothing that night. Totally ruined my night. Yeah. Totally ruined Ain't the mood. Ain't want to do nothing. I didn't want anything. It was, I was so damn depressed. Of all people, and I love him dearly, he's my friend. But that non-throwing Tim Tebow throw an 80-yard touchdown pass, <laughs> I could not believe to save my life that that happened. And I, I, it, I couldn't recover that night, bro. I was depressed. But those two moments are my worst as a Steelers fan. So, obviously, if you're a Steelers fan, you have to hate the Cowboys. Of course. Because when the 70s, of course. they always met in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the Steelers yeah. always beat them Damn down. Damn right. Damn right. Them, so, Roger Starbuck and Drew, yeah, yeah, Drew Hill, Tony Dorsett, Tony Dorsett, get your ass out of here. He coming. <laughs> the Steelers took him out. Yes, Bradshaw, Swan, Stallworth, even Franco Harris, who I really didn't like that much as a right. running back. You know what I'm I like Rocky Blyer more than I like Franco Harris. He was a fullback. Right. But the Steelers and the Steel Curtain with me, Joe Green, L.C. Greenwood, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Mel Blunt. I like Lord. This is what it's all about. Yeah, Steel Curtain. Yes, I couldn't root for no New York teams. They ain't win any they damn thing. They were terrible. They were, they were terrible. terrible. They're terrible. Terrible. So now, you basketball, that's your thing. But yep. what's, what's Stephen A's favorite sport? It's basketball, but I've grown to really, really love football because, because football has been established as an event. 
So that's Sundays. You know what I'm saying? When you come to New York one time, I'm gonna bring you by the crib. I'm gonna bring okay. you by the crib, show okay. you the crib. You know what I'm saying? I got I got the man cave. It's okay. set up. Okay. It's set up now. You know, so, so you we gonna watch the game together? They're right. Wanna... They're right. They're right. We can do that. We can do that. With Ryan Clark, Marcus Spears, all they talk about come on time. One time I just invite y'all over. I'm gonna make sure I got some catered food. Yeah, yeah, catered. Because I know you can't cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell no. Hell no. I cook some lasagna, cook some steak, but man, I ain't nobody eat no lasagna. Hell yes, we do. Who they think I am? Garfield? You might not eat the lasagna, you know what I'm saying? Knowing you, you you watching your carbs and stuff like that. But some of us gonna eat it. But I will tell you this, it, it, I ain't cooking for a bunch of men. That ain't happening. But I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this right here. I'll tell you this right here right now. You know, you're gonna go, football has established itself as an event. Yeah. But really, the two things I love most is basketball and nothing beats a big time boxing event. Oh yeah. yeah. Like when I was at Errol Spence. I was out there, I saw you. Right. It broke my, I picked Crawford to win. I didn't know he would win like that. Yeah. It broke my heart to see Errol Spence get whipped like that. It really, really did. I didn't see that coming. Um, I might be at Canelo versus uh, Charlo. 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 But see, my problem is, is that Charlo's moving up two weight classes. I'm scared for him. Now, he got mad skills and he got heart and he walks around looking like the bigger guy, but he ain't been in the ring with somebody that's punching him from 168 pounds. Right. In a real fight. Right. And so that's my concern. His brother got some issues that he got to resolve. That's what they say. But he's the natural super middleweight. Right. So he was the one who, in my opinion, should have been fighting. Right. Charlo, I'm sorry, Canelo, rather than this guy. But those big time boxing events Mm -hmm. in Vegas, I mean, nothing beats it. I mean, the, the Spence fight was really big, but it's been a while since you had those. I remember going to the Mike Tyson and mm-hmm. the Mayweather, right. where it was an event. May- and you Mayweather just, Pacquiao, he, Mayweather Canelo. Mayweather, Mayweather De La Hoya. Yes, that was a big event too, but I will tell you, nothing was really bigger than Mayweather Pacquiao. We had waited so long. Yeah. And but we want, it was five years too late. Too late. But we didn't know until after the fight, the fight. that it was five years right. too late. You know right. what I'm saying? So leading up to the event, oh my God. It didn't get any bigger than But that. you know the thing is, everybody that Mayweather fought, he made them look like it was five years too late. Right. And that's how the great, that's the greatness of him. Yes. Everybody that he fought, they're like, what? He beat Sugar, he beat Sugar, uh, Sugar, uh, Sugar Shane Mosley. He beat Sugar Shane Mosley. Shane caught him. Shane caught him in the second round. Yeah. Almost hurt him. Yeah. Almost, almost dropped him. But you but, look at, you look at the champions right. that this right. man beat. Yep. And made them look mundane right. in beating them. Right. You talk about Mayweather, right? Mayweather. I would say the same about Jordan, but that's a different thing. Oh, there but you I, go. No, no. I mean, I'm glad that you heard that. I no, mean, that's what I'm talking about. No. That's what I'm saying. You know, because Jordan will make you look like you're less than what you are. Like with folks, Scotty? Like LeBron would like just, Scotty? LeBron would beat you. I know he ain't. But MJ would make you look like less than I, I, what you are. I know Scotty. You see the difference? I, Scotty ain't on this, I know Scotty's on the don't call list and don't invite because what's transpired and everything, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Scotty that ain't Scotty's fault. Scotty was wrong. Scotty was wrong. Oh, yeah, Scotty's got it. But no, 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 no. Let me tell you how it started. Okay. You know it started in the last dance. Okay. Because the last dance was supposed to be about Jordan's last dance. Mm-hmm. Why are you putting Scotty Pippen in there for an event that you weren't even on the team on? Um, let the journalist in me correct you. Go ahead. The last <clears throat> dance was about the last season for the Chicago Bulls. Okay. The last season. Yes. So what happened is, is that they all on their way out. So you're telling different stories right. about them and their careers with the Bulls while they're fading into the twilight. Yeah. So that kind of stuff 
does make it relevant. But you know you're going to make Scotty look bad. Well, Scotty deserved to look bad. But you don't have to tell it. There are well, a lot of well, times, well, Stephen well, wait, A. Well, wait a minute now. It ain't like he said, yo, man, this is the woman he was messing with or something. No. He said, yo, you passed up this contract. You wanted more money. I mean, damn, that's yeah. public information. No. You, 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 Ryan Stork, don't sign this deal. Because yeah. if you sign this deal, you can't come back to me because I'm not going to renegotiate right. your deal. I get it. I mean, damn, uh, uh, you, 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 Michael Jordan's gone. You want to be that dude, and then you're going to sit up there and, and refuse to enter the game yes. because of Tony Kukoc. I mean, damn, that, that, that happened in front of millions of people watching. It did. Come on, you man. You don't got to tell the story, though. But why not? It's a part of the story. But Jordan wasn't there. Let me ask you a question. You, you tell so, the so, information so, that so, we so, weren't so, even around. So let me, let me ask you. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Jordan was still around. He was coming to visit the team. Scotty Pippen wearing the sneakers, kicking his feet up. Look at the bottom of the soles of the yeah. shoes. Jordan, come on back, come on back. All that other stuff. Hell yeah, Jordan wasn't there then. You didn't say nothing about that. By the way, where did you play? Did you play in Denver? Yes. Did you play in Baltimore? Yes. So we shouldn't talk about that. Yeah. We, we shouldn't talk. We shouldn't talk. About, well, so whatever happened in Baltimore, we need to be. We need to be, keep no, that quiet. No. Whatever happened in Denver, we need to but, be that quiet. Keep that quiet. But here's the thing. It's a part of your story. But here's the thing. Just the, the way I look at it, I, I'm not gonna tell an event mm -hmm. that I wasn't a part of. So anything that happened in Baltimore from 2000 and 2001, if I tell it in my story. I can tell it in my story because I was there when Ray went through what he went through in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I was there. I was picking him up from the courthouse. He was living with me in my basement. So if I want to tell my story, right. that I should be able to include but that. But, that. But that's a far, that's a far different angle. The man was accused of a crime. It was off the field. Yes. It was very personal. And even though you were involved, that's his personal business. There's nothing about Scottie Pippen turning down a contract yeah. or Scottie Pippen refusing to enter a playoff game that's personal. No, but he said... That, that, that's no, life. But he said when, when Scottie was talking about having the back surgery and he wanted the contract right. and Jordan said he's being selfish, even though I might agree with... I ain't saying nobody's going to be selfish because right. I want everybody to get as much money as they can. Right. Right. So I'm not going to say that, but I, I'm just saying, I'm not saying Jordan, I just think that Scotty was, was surprised mm -hmm. that Jordan took the stance that he took Fine. and said what he said. That's fair, but I will tell you this, Jordan wasn't only the star of the show, he was also an executive. Yeah, 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 So we all know that, that's number one. <laughs> yeah, so that's, you an, know, important yeah, component. Say, yeah. that's an important component yeah. to bring up. Number two, and more importantly, you got to remember, that was in the aftermath of him turning down the contract mm -hmm. and then being bitter about it. You're right. I'm sorry, taking the money rather, Retail and then the being a bit yeah. about it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you took the money that Jordan and Reinstorf essentially advised you not to take. Right. You ended up being bitter about it, and then was willing to let the team suffer because you got to remember where it's personal for Jordan. If you're a tight end, which you are, and your quarterback, you say, "Yo, bro, don't take this money because you're right. gonna be bitter about the contract." Mm -hmm. He doesn't listen to you. Right. He takes the money anyway. Then he's bitter about it later on and refused to step on the field with you, leaves you out there hanging by yourself. Right. You're going to have something to say. Whoa! You mean to tell me Jordan didn't win all them championships by himself? No, 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 no. I'm talking about just at the time he complained. Oh, I know, yes. You know I'm saying? At the time he complained. Yes. At the time he was complaining about yeah. Scotty being selfish. Right. He was on the court without him. But that's what. But and he was like, "Come on, you I, leaving me out here because of the decision I, I told you not to make, but you didn't listen and you made it anyway." But I think you will agree that hurt Scotty more than anything to hear Jordan say that. Okay, fair enough. 
Are we sure that that's all that's hurting Scott? No, there's some other things that's going on behind this. There you go. Man. I just said, I just said, you were just saying, say no, just, ain't no such say thing as just. just. There's just, never just. just. There's always I, I, I a reason. Say, I didn't say what, and I ain't going to say what. I just asked you a relatively rhetorical question that I know you know the answer to. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that we all know yeah. this other thing Scotty's a little upset yes. about. Yes. Okay. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Okay, you and what is it with you? Like every time you say something, you say my right. sources say this, right? right. And it seems like players go out of their way to try to refute mm-hmm. what you said on there. Well, first of all, when your voice is potent and it's gonna go viral, right? And it's gonna resonate, and they think it's gonna compromise their brand, that's what they're gonna do. Um, I understand that. Um, I remember I tell you a story one time. I had a coach go up in front of reporters. Stephen A's wrong. He don't know what the hell he's talking about. I can't believe they even let him report on the team. Blah, 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 blah. And then walked by me and winked. <laughs> because he did it because he didn't want people to know he was the one who gave me the story. I've been a journalist for 30 years. I got sources all over the sports world. Right. Every single segment of every single show, I get text messages. It's a player, it's a coach, it's an executive, it's a player personnel director. In my case, sometimes it's owners, because I know quite a few. Right. Okay? And so I have sources all over the place. Does that mean I'm always right? Absolutely not. What happens, though, is I never said I was. I said, this is what I was told. Told. And when you make that judgment call, what are you making a judgment call about? I ain't making a call about your personal life. I ain't making a call about something ultra invasive or whatever. You know, the other day when I made the news about Lonzo. Right. I'm like this. 
They said, yo, Stephen A., they said sometimes it's like it's hard for him to stand, to stand up from the sit position in the chair. All right? I'd heard the same thing on several occasions. Well, two years ago, you missed 42 games due to injury. The next season, you missed the entire season. This season's coming up. You're gonna miss the the team announced, think about this. The team announced in June that he wouldn't be available before the new year. Think about that. Right. So I'm going like this. You're going to literally sit poolside and hop up and down on a chair from a seating position when you done missed 48% of your games in just your fourth or fifth year in your career? Brother, you clearly are not healthy. Okay, you want to get literal with it? Right. Maybe I shouldn't have said, oh, whatever. Right. That's what they but said. But that ain't playing basketball. But, 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 but you ain't. Exactly. So I'm like, really, that's what you want to refute? And I like Lonzo. Mm-hmm. Got nothing against him. Right. I have nothing against his daddy, whatever the case may be. But I would say to you, go back to the days when I've covered. I was a beat writer for the Philadelphia 76ers, and I'm covering Allen Iverson and beyond. I've been a journalist for 30 years. I was a beat writer for 10. I was a general sports columnist for another seven or eight I've been around. And so there's been plenty of times when people have refuted what I've said. And then years later, come to find out I was telling the truth all along. You go ahead and you denied that. I remember one time I had a player. I'm in St. Thomas. This is where my family's from. And if you go to St. Thomas, there's a spot called Red Hook. And Red Hook is where you go and you take the boat from St. Thomas to St. John's. It's only a 15-minute boat ride. Okay. And I'm literally docking away from Red Hook going into the ocean. I get a call. I'm one out. And they're saying I'm lying. I'm like, what the hell do you care? You already told them you're leaving. It's hurting my brand. And you realize how a lot of cats are thinking. Mm -hmm. They're thinking about their social media following. They're thinking about the connections that they have. They're thinking about how that's going to be parlayed in the monetary value for themselves down the line and how I could be compromised. And so when you see these denials, let's say you say, all right, it makes sense. I got it. I'll leave it alone. But my attitude is I'm not giving you a death sentence and I'm not talking about your personal business. Right. I'm talking about relatively obvious stuff. Calm the hell down and stop making it bigger than what it is. Right. And you'll be fine. Right. The conversation that I saw, I saw a little bit of it yep. about where Steph Curry, I think yep. on Gil, Gilbert Arenas, Agent Zero's yep. podcast, mm-hmm. said he's the greatest point guard. Yeah. You agreed or disagreed? I agreed, but I was mistaken. And the reason why I say I was mistaken is because what I wanted to elaborate on is when you're talking about a typical quintessential point guard, you're talking about a facilitator. Right. Magic Johnson's the greatest ever. Yeah. There's no question. Right. What I was talking about was impact from the position. Right. And to me, Steph Curry's marksmanship combined with his ability to move without the ball Mm -hmm. puts a defense's head on a swivel. And as a result of that, because of the panic he creates, because of his extraordinary marksmanship, you have to pay rapt attention to him. You can't afford to barely pay attention to anybody else. Right. And that, to me, is a similar impact to Magic Johnson's ability to get to the basket, throw no-look passes, and especially Magic Johnson in the open court on a fast break. But if you put Magic Johnson in a half-court setting, he backs you down. Right. He throws the ball to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right. Open court is worthy as Byron Scott as Cooper. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's stuff like that. Pick your poison. I was talking about impact. impact. I wasn't talking about a quintessential facilitator that's a point guard. Because Steph Curry is clearly not that. Because that's what I'm saying. I don't really look. I look at Steph as a two. Right. 
I understand that. Because that, all these got new age guys. Right. Dame Lillard, uh, Steph Curry, all these guys are two guards masquerading. Right. They just play, they're not the point guard. I'm looking at the point guard like Magic, right. John Stockton, right. Jason Kidd, Mark right. Jackson. When I think point, point guard, right. that's what I'm thinking. But, but, but what, that, what, I got you. Do we agree? We, we agree. We agree. We agree. I mean, listen. Magic Johnson is so phenomenal, and Michael Jordan's been arguing with me about this forever because Magic Johnson's the greatest in his eyes yeah. as well. So you know what I'm saying? It's, it's one of those. And ain't no changing and, that dude's mind. Ain't, ain't, no changing, ain't no changing Michael Jordan's mind. Ain't, ain't, you ain't got no snowball chance in hell of pulling that <laughs> off. But, 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 but he's right. And, and, and Eddie Johnson does NBA radio. He's absolutely right. He was talking about a Mad Dog Russo historian. He was talking about it. he was absolutely right. We know that as a pure passer, Magic Johnson is the greatest facilitator the game has ever seen. Right. But I'm saying... As an impact, you can talk about Steph Curry being the two guard, but I would tell you he has the ball in his hands enough, the offense runs through him, and the impact his marksmanship creates creates just as much havoc as Magic Johnson For created. Sure. Yes. And that's all I was trying yeah. to say, which right. is why, even though if you're talking about a prototypical point guard, you would pick others before him, if you're talking about impact, it's him and Magic Johnson. Yeah. Oh, there's no question. There's, 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 there's no denying that. Exactly. When you look at LeBron, let's take LeBron, mm -hmm. and you you were covering the NBA yep. when LeBron got in. Yep. I said LeBron is overachieved because no matter what you thought he might be, ain't no way in hell you thought he would be this good, Stephen A. No, I didn't. That's why I got him number two all time. LeBron James is one of the greatest to ever do it, and listen. We're going to miss him when he's gone. I can sit up there and I can have my basketball decisions as a Michael Jordan one, him two. But I got to tell you, man, I got so much love and respect for LeBron. And a lot of people, they, they misconstrue, you know, what I mean by that. When I say I got love for a brother that I barely know, because it's not like I talk to him every day or whatever, even though we accord you to one another in the whole nine. I'm saying I appreciate who you are and what you've meant. Yes. To our community, to basketball to young men, particularly young black men everywhere. Yeah. This dude is phenomenal, man. And, and to be a guy that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and the only blemish in his entire career is that I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Yeah. That is literally the only stain yeah. on his career. And he raised money for the boys in glory. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> a, a, a businessman, extraordinaire, yes. actor. He did a great job. They, they think I'm joking when I put the ticker of him. Great actor, great. Because, you know, we're so sensitive about LeBron James. Actually had a ticker created for first take. Great actor, great, great, great ah! businessman. Man, you had a with t You had a with t Oh, it's going to be there for you. It's going to be there when you bring him out. I say, I say well, can we get it out the way? Because I want to make sure he knows I recognize all the greatness about him. Listen, the movie Trainwreck, did you see what he did yes, in Trainwreck? He was, he was great. Yes. He was great. He yes. did a great yes. job, you yes. know? We, with Amy Schumer, I believe. I mean, he was fantastic. Yes. You know, I got it. But the point is, is that the dude is phenomenal on a multitude of levels and what he has done for us as black people in this nation mm -hmm. in terms of his business acumen, his commitment to excellence, you know, this brother takes care of his body. He's always yes. in shape. I mean, I looked at, he's the reason that I got mad at Anthony Davis last mm -hmm. year. Because I'm looking at Anthony Davis. You, you know this brother vouched for you, right? You know this brother put his name on the line for you, right? I know you, I know you got him the ring in the bubble. But you understand it don't stop there, right? right? How is he in better shape than you? How is he more focused and dedicated than you? Could you take your ass over his house? 
and, 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 and mimic his workout. Use his trainer. Use his nutritionist. Do something. And you understand what I'm saying? I'm like, it, it's like, come on now. Look, man. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the star first day. Let me tell you something, Shan I'm going to do some more push-ups, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to change my diet even more. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I ain't going to let you down, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not going to be there. We, I got Shannon and, and, Ron, and RC sitting across from me with him with his fitness facility in Louisiana and all of this other stuff. And I'm going to roll around with a belly and looking all shit. Oh, no, no, no. It ain't going down like that. It ain't going down like that. I'm going to be in shape, bro. I've been getting in shape. Right. I already lost some pounds. I, I, I reduced good. my body fat in half. I did all that. But what I'm, I wanna, I'll never be the, the black. Black Hulk, but you are. I ain't trying to do that. But you ain't gonna look at me and go like this. Damn, he need to get in the gym. He ain't in shape. Stephen Hell, let himself go. I home. ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna do that. How I'm gonna, how I'm gonna bring it that? You got Molly sitting in the middle and stuff like that. You sitting across from me. I'm like, and I'm looking shabby. Nah, it ain't going down like that. And I'm looking at Anthony Davis like, ain't there's nothing inside of you that said, yeah. that, you know, I, I need to be in shape. Right. You gonna drop 41 games. And eleven the next. That's, that's Come right. on, bro. Yeah, yeah. Come on, bro. You you know it's like you looking at LeBron and, and I, I literally I almost went on the air and was like, you know LeBron, I'm sorry. I, I felt that bad for yeah. him because I'm like in his twentieth year, in the league, he's in better shape and he the best player. And he actually don't want to be. He actually wishes you were in better shape. He actually wishes you were the better player. Which you are right. when you bring your A game. Right. But it's sporadic because of a lack of dedication, it in is. my opinion. I don't know that. Right. But I'm like, wouldn't you think that? Yeah. If you were LeBron, yeah, you're absolutely. like, wait a minute, yeah. what's something missing? You ain't doing something right. Bro, I'm, I'm almost 10 years more in the league That's with right. more wear and tear. Come on, man. Come on, man. And you in L.A. And you know this because you've been out here. You mm -hmm. live out here now. Mm -hmm. L.A. a different flavor. You know, you got to be disciplined to be out yeah. here. You can't, you, 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 you can't easily locate the distractions. I mean, they are easy to find. Yeah. The distractions. Well, that's the thing with discipline. It it's requires you everywhere. to do your best yeah. when no one, you think no one is watching. There you go. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Listen, when I'm in L.A., bro, I don't come outside until I finish my workout. Other than first take, I don't come outside until I finish my workout. Because mm -hmm. I know once I get outside. It's gonna be a while before I get back. <laughs> I'm just not gonna. Without you here, you gonna be I'm, big. You gonna be without. There we go. I'm just not. I'm just not gonna want. I'm just not. You know what I'm saying? You know my now girl. We my gonna girl be working together. Guess what? That's right. We gonna be. Hey, we gonna be in the gym together. I'm not gonna going in the gym with you, Shannon. <laughs> we gonna I'm be not doing out. that. Nah. I'm not. Listen, you want the, You want a meme that people will be laughing at me for the next two decades? Have me in the gym with Shannon Sharp. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? That's like that's like the rock standing next to Snoop Dogg. We ain't doing that. We had the Snoop is my dog. You know, you know, I love you, baby. You know, I love you. You know, I mean, come on now. I ain't doing that. I'm not getting in the gym with you. Just one workout. Huh? Just one workout. I'm gonna work out every I listen, I work out. You know what? I might do that. I might, I might, I'ma wait a few months though. I'ma wait a few months. I'm not gonna do that just yet. Okay. Dane. Yeah, man. And James Harden situation. Yes, sir. Dame is, you know, he look. He saw James Harden get fined a hundred thousand for calling Daryl Morey a liar. He's like, right. I ain't, I ain't trying to, yep. you know, lose any of my money. Yep. So, what, what's what's your take on those situations? Well, when I think about Dame, it's more sensitive for me because Dame could have demanded out on Years. several occasions, and he never did. 
and it's Portland. It ain't like he didn't demand out of L.A. or Miami. Right. He didn't demand out of Portland. Right. Okay? And he was never going to get anybody to come to Portland. He was never going to get anybody to come to Portland. Portland, So now that he's been there a decade and he's like, it's time. Look out for the brother. Now, 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 should he have handled it a tad bit differently in terms of, all right, I shouldn't have said just Miami. Try to work behind the scenes to get this get done. To, get to maybe, Miami. Right. Maybe. He shouldn't have done that, right? But the bottom line is he's given Portland everything he's had. Right. And you know you're moving in a different direction. You draft your number, the third overall pick is your you brother. You got to play my position. Play your position. Come on, y'all. Get it done, you know? And so that's how I feel. I support Dame on that. James Hart is a different animal. And I like James. But James got to be more accountable. You got everything you want. They gave you everything but a pacifier and a bib in Houston. Whatever you wanted, they gave you. They did. Everything. Money, helicopter rides, massage therapists, masseuse, hang out at the strip club whenever you want. Did everything. Go to I mean, Vegas I mean, whenever you want. Go to Vegas whenever you want. I mean, they, they gave you everything. And Daryl Morey took care of you. Right. To the point where Mike D'Antoni didn't even show negative plays to James Harden when James Harden was in the film room. He showed about everybody else. Wouldn't even show him in the film room. This is me covering the NBA. I'm telling you what I know. Then you force your way out. You want to go to Philly because you want to go with Daryl Moore. You want to follow him there. But they say no. So you want to go to Brooklyn. They tell you no initially. You show up to camp out of shape. You make it very, very clear that you ain't trying to do anything because you're trying to get the hell out of town. So they ultimately trade you to Brooklyn. You get in Brooklyn. They, you force your way out of there because you want to go with Daryl Moore in Philly, which is where you wanted to go all along. Now, although... We can't absolve Daryl Morey. If you lie to the man, you lie to the right. man. Ain't nobody giving, ain't nobody blaming James Harden 15, 20 million back no, no, without, no, 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 seriously, I'm going to get this back. That's right. You know, if you told him that, you owe him that. Correct. Fit, period. But why is anybody going to be sympathetic to James Harden with what James Harden has done on three separate occasions? Right. And now you're doing it a fourth. And you got to remember when he was in Houston, I want Dwight Howard. I don't want Dwight Howard. I want Carmelo Anthony. Don't want Carmelo Anthony. I want CP3. I don't want CP3. I want Russ. I don't want Russ. And not one single championship to show for it. It ain't like you a champion making these demands. You getting paid. You a showstopper. We get it. But you have no championships to show for any of your efforts. At some point in time, somebody got to be willing to say to you, Yo, can you give me a little bit more? Oh, by the way, don't get me started with closeout games in the playoffs. Yeah. We just saw what you did in the game seven, nine points, three for 11 shooting in a game seven closeout game against Boston. You had them for game six. You were up three, two on your home turf in Philadelphia. And look what happened. Those are the kind of things that I'm talking about. And so when something like that happens, man, it, 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 I can't support that. Right. I can, I can like him. And be cool with him, but I can't support those Some actions. of the decisions that he's... Can't do it. What's KD's legacy going to be? What's Kevin Durant's legacy going to be? Because I think, Stephen A., he was up 3-1 on the Golden State Warriors. He's up 3-1 on a 73-win team. Lose game five, lose game six, lose game seven. And in games five and six and seven, games five and six, he shot the ball terrible. Yeah. I will tell you this. I think that Kevin Durant is one of the greatest players that I've ever seen. But when I saw how things materialized in Brooklyn, and then he went to Phoenix, 
and got bounced out in the second round of Denver. What I said was, I can't put him above LeBron. I used to look at him and his offensive arsenal and think that. But what I realized is that I'm not showing enough respect and appreciation to the leadership that LeBron has exerted and right. exhibited. LeBron has been the face of every franchise he's been on. Um, even though D-Wade was that leader in Miami. Mm -hmm. um, and when you look at LeBron, what he had to deal with with Kyrie, you know, what he had to deal with when he arrived in L.A., what he had to deal with with all the vitriol aimed in his direction in Miami and stuff like that. Mental toughness, ultimately leadership, accountability. You know, of course, his years in Cleveland, of course. When you look at all of these things, he showed an ability to deal with things Kevin Durant did not. Right. Kevin Durant is a phenomenal player, a good brother, really authentic in a lot of ways. I got a lot of love for him. Um, he is a two-time champion, a two-time NBA Finals MVP. We can't tell. I don't care that he's playing with the Golden State Warriors. He averaged 35. He was the MVP. Yes. He balled out. You know, he showed his greatness. But the problem that I would tell you that was really put on display in Brooklyn, he needed to be a leader. But he and doesn't want that. He's already told you that. And that's the difference. LeBron wants it. LeBron wants to be the leader. Right. LeBron accepts it. You know, you know, Kyrie is Kyrie. And, you know, I'm not here to, I'm not going to throw no shade. Me and Kyrie have had our issues. That stuff has been resolved. But the point is, is that at the end of the day, Kyrie, that is somebody that Kevin Durant, if he were that leader, had to reel in. Right. By simply saying, man, I'll bump all this. We trying to win the chip. Right. Kyrie doesn't hurt his ankle against Milwaukee in the playoffs. Brooklyn might have won it all. Right. Because I think they win that series against I, Milwaukee. I do too. And I think they could have beaten Phoenix. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just that simple mm -hmm. to me. And so when I'm looking at it from that perspective, I'm just saying to myself, you Kevin Durant, it's about living and let live and let, and I'll do my job. Right. Nah, it's about making sure that the ultimate job is to try to win the chip. Right. And letting nothing stand in the way of that. If right. you're on a football field, Ray Lewis might have been the leader. You ain't going to be quiet if you see cats blowing your opportunity to win the Super right. Bowl championship. Right. You're going to be like, yo. And I remember when Isaiah Thomas, the great Isaiah Thomas, two-time champion, Hall of Fame Isaiah Thomas, was arguing with me one time about Kyrie. And I said to him, it was over the vaccine thing. Right. And I said, I'm going to end this conversation right now, Zeke, by one simple question. If a member of the Detroit Pistons that was such an integral part of your championship hopes took that position, what would you have done? Isaiah started laughing. He said, as a team, we had snatched his ass up. We had <laughs> sat him down, tied him up, and we had ejected the shit into myself. <laughs> he said, now he might have been mad at us. He might have been mad at us. Right. But we would have done it. Right. I said, I rest my case. Right. All I'm saying is, is that at the end of the day, we're trying to win. And anything that gets in the way of that is secondary right. to that right. actually being a priority. Right. That's all I'm saying. And I think Kevin Durant should have had that attitude, and I don't think he did. You look at the West, the Nuggets won the championship. I like Nikola Jokic. I think he's one of the two best players in all of basketball. Yep. You got Phoenix. This is a year... Uh, Book and KD together. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bradley Bill joined. Yeah. You got the Warriors. CP3. What's going to be his role in that situation? The Lakers. If Anthony Davis is healthy, I like that they they have depth. 
Austin Reeves. I like him. I like him. What's how, how's the West gonna shake out? First of all, we always root for the Lakers because they're in Southern California. Yeah. I mean, we, we you know, if you ask me, do I want to go to San Francisco or L.A.? It's L.A. all day, every day. Yeah. Twice on Sundays. <laughs> so, so just for my own personal preferences, yeah. it's always L.A. L.A. Miami is my dream scenario. That's why I was so miserable during COVID because the one time I wanted to get my dream. Oh, you can just LA, go. Miami, you go coast to coast. in the bubble. I was so depressed. I was so depressed. But I, I'll tell you this. Um, I don't believe in Anthony Davis in terms of his availability. I'm not talking about his skill set. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about whether he cares or not. I'm talking about injury prone, sporadic. There's something going on with him where instead of talking about me getting in the gym, you need to be talking to him to get in the gym because he's just up and down. Yeah. It's like it, it, it's like it's like this brother sat up there and ate a healthy meal one day and then ate a bag of Skittles the next, and it's the this plummet, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't understand it. I and, and, and I can't have faith in that. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be formidable. I dismiss the Clippers because I just don't believe that Kawhi Leonard will ever be healthy. I just don't believe it. Well, Paul uh, George has missed damn near as much time. I, I, I agree with you. That's totally, totally true. Troy, uh, uh, I remember I just saw the numbers recently. I think Paul George misses about 38% of his games and Kawhi's at 48%. So I think it's around that. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul George talking about he's going to play bully ball and all that stuff. We'll see. You understand what I'm saying? Especially he was talking to him and Devin Booker was going back and forth. I got to see that. Because right. I know Devin Booker's coming. Yeah. He that dude. Yeah, he's now, Devin Booker. Devin Booker's for it. And I'm talking about his mentality. Yeah. He ain't scared of nothing. He's coming for you. So I definitely respect that. And we're going to see what Bill and KD do together as well. Phoenix, to me, should be the favorites. Um, you look at Denver. Uh, they're obviously formidable. And you got that cohesiveness. So I would tell you a rematch between Denver and Phoenix in all likelihood the conference finals as opposed to the divisional playoff round, semifinals rather. We'll see that. But that, that's what comes to my mind. I don't expect much from Dallas. Even though Anthony Edwards is on the rise, I don't expect much from Minnesota. Wow. I don't expect much from Minnesota. I think Dallas, to me, they don't have the personnel. Do you think Do you think Minnesota should not run the team through Anthony Edwards as yes. opposed to Cat? Yes. yes. I agree. I agree, totally. I think that Anthony Edwards is one of those dudes. He's one of those dudes. He's coming. And, and, and I, I feel that way. But I definitely think that when you look at the two teams, I would look at Phoenix and Denver, and then I would look at the Lakers and Clippers on the outside on the come up. Right. That's how I view the West. You didn't mention the Grizzlies. Obviously, the job situation. Hopefully, I think they'll appeal. I should have mentioned the Grizzlies. They, the they're, they're appealing his 25-game suspension. So I'm under the assumption that it's going to stick. Let's right. just say it's for the sake stick. of for this argument, it's going it's to gonna stick. stick. It's going to stick. You've been outspoken. Yep. I've been very outspoken. Mm -hmm. And I don't know Ja, mm -hmm. but if I could sit down, I just think he was, I just thought he was moving in a direction that wasn't conducive to accomplish what he really, really wanted to accomplish. That's being an outstanding basketball player, be a brand, the Ja brand, being one of the faces of the NBA. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. What, if, if there's some advice you could give him, I don't know how well you know his dad. I don't, Did you I don't. I don't. I've met him both once. Um, Ja's a great player. Ja's phenomenal. phenomenal. And I think that Ja is going to come back with a vengeance. You know, I really, really believe he's going to come back with a vengeance. He's going to wreak havoc. Um, and I love the acquisition of Marcus Smart. Mm -hmm. I got Boston, by the way, as my favorite overall. Really? Yes, I do. Wow. I think Porzingis at 7-3 with the ability to step away from the basket and shoot. Combined with Tatum and Brown, still keeping Al Horford, okay, and Robert Williams in the mix with a Derek, with a Derek White, with a Malcolm Brogdon, the reigning sixth man of the year. 
I think when you look at their depth, their athleticism, their perimeter shooting, their ability to defend, the fact that Missoula has a year under his belt coaching the team, I think all of those things bode well for Boston. They've been knocking on the door long enough. You Jalen Brown, you just signed for $300 million. You damn well better show up. And if you and if you Jason Tatum, who's in line for about $360 million, you damn well better show up. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to assume that they will. But I think Mark is smart. Losing him, um, it'll be felt to some degree. But I definitely think it's going to help Memphis immensely. Right. And I think that, you know, and, and I think that. And you get big Steven Adams back right. and Clark. And people don't realize Adams and Clark being gone, Lakers don't beat them like that if Adams and Clark are healthy. That just doesn't happen because right. Adams and Clark are no joke. And so I take that into consideration as well. Having said all of that, um, I'm not sure on their shooting collectively. Right. Okay, so that concerns me. I think they're sporadic defensively. That concerns me. I think their coaching concerns me to some degree. So I look at Memphis. But to, in terms of my advice to Ja, it's this, man. Some people you got to leave behind. And I don't mean cut them off like you don't know them. Right. I don't mean cut them off like you can't be with them. But I'll give you a perfect example. I got brothers that I grew up with in Queens, New York. Half of them are dead because, you know, the drug game was real prevalent mm -hmm. then, and I was blessed that I was never a part of it. Um, but most of my friends were. And, you know, I got a couple of I got a couple of brothers that, you know, did some time. And I'll always look out for them. I'll always have love for them. Shannon, they can't hang with me. No, they can't hang with me. You're not coming to work with me. You're not coming to a game with me. That's not happening. Now, I see your neighborhood. What's up? How you doing? You need me for anything. What's up? What you need? I can help you. I'm more happy to do that. So I'm not talking about ostracizing you. But the NBA is your business. What happened with John Moran cost him about $60 million. Mm -hmm. $60 million. You ain't getting that back. No. No matter how much money you get, you ain't getting that back. And so for me, you know, with his dad, look, I'm a father. You're a father. Here's the deal. I know you can't tell your son, literally tell him what to do. He's a grown-up. Right. But certain things he don't need to be doing right in front of you. Correct. You the grown-up. You dead. Mm -hmm. And you are not supposed to be trying to live the life he living. You know what I'm saying? Y'all made it. And you're going to make it even more. And so it's not to cast dispersions, insult them, denigrate them in any way. Who wouldn't root for Ja Morant? Who ain't rooting for him to succeed? I don't know anybody that ain't rooting exactly. for him. I know I'm rooting for him. Exactly. I know you're rooting for yes. him. But how are we helping you if we see you doing stuff that we know could potentially lead to your downfall and we say nothing? Are we really trying to help you if we say nothing? No. We're not trying to help you. And no. that's why we say something. Because we want you to correct the errors so you can rise and prosper and live your life. I don't know what you feel about this, but I said this at the time, the 75th anniversary. I said Anthony Davis shouldn't have made it over Dwight Howard. Right. Stan Van Gundy said you can't make a case to say Anthony Davis' career has been better than Dwight Howard. What's your take on that? I kind of agree. Um, Anthony Davis was a prolific scorer. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he wasn't relevant until he arrived to the Lakers with LeBron. Correct. Dwight Howard was a three-time defensive player of the year, extraordinary shot blocker and eraser, 
um, was never the offensive player that Anthony Davis no. was, but certainly was just as impactful. Yes. And more successful because he was on a squad that Anthony Davis won a championship with as a reserve. Right. Which means he's got a ring too. Right. And so you offset that and now look at their careers. Yeah. Even though the talent that is Anthony Davis, I consider to be better hey, okay. than Dwight Howard. Right. The impact of your career is not greater than that of Dwight right. Howard. Dwight and Howard it, took a team to the NBA Finals. Yes, he did. In his prime, he was one of the five best players in the NBA. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I can't disagree with that. I can't wow. disagree. I can say Anthony Davis is a better talent. Yes. But it also highlights what you must not be doing. Right. Because a lesser talent that is Dwight Howard was more impactful than you were. Right. Players under 25. You got Luka, JT, Trey Young, Zion, Anthony Edwards. You know what? Zion. Because you've been very, I've been very outspoken. Stephen A., you know I, I, I'm a nutritional guy. Right. I, I'm, I'm in the bodies. And I That's said, right. he, he's just too big. Right. I said, y'all cheap, all shedding, you don't know what's going on. I said, bro, the man is 300 plus. I can tell he's not eating the way he should right. in order to too maximize many, Too the, many burgers. Too many burgers. Well, you know, you, in New, you know in New Orleans, right. eating gumbo and etouffee and jambalaya. Uh, everything. Everything yeah. in lanes. So, what? How do we how do we get Zion to understand? Because I think the greatest person that he needs to sit down and have an hour long conversation with is Charles Barkley. He's a more athletic Charles Barkley. I just gotta be honest. I don't think he cares enough. Wow. I don't think he cares enough. I'm not saying he doesn't care. I'm not talking about caring. I'm talking about that fire. That passion. That it's the end all be all. Because I believe he's in a market he don't want to be in. I said that. I believe if he was in New York or someplace where he really, really wanted to be, we see a more dedicated Zion to his physicality. And the point is, is that I don't know that to be sure, but you can't walk around as big as he is. No. And tell me you dedicated. Right. You can't. Mm -mm. You can't. Because even when you're when you're restricted in terms of your mobility, you know what you'll do? You'll eat less and you'll eat better because you'll fear bloating. No. You'll fear blowing mm -hmm. up and not being ready when called upon once you hear. Right. That hasn't been the case. Because if you, eat, games. if you eating bad while you're active and running up and down the court, what the hell you think you're going to eat no. when you can't run up and down the court? That's right. So now the 30 pounds that you took off because you was healthy and athletic and running up and down the court, you better put 50 back on. Exactly. And that's exactly how I feel. And because of that, again, I love Zion's game. Um, I believe he's a potential superstar in this league. He's something to behold. But I think it's fair to question his commitment to his conditioning. Right. And if you're questioning somebody's you know, commitment to conditioning, you're questioning whether or not they care. And that's really what it comes down to. Right. We was talking about players under 25. Luka, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, Zion, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo, Shea Gilgis, D. Fox, or Jordan Poole. I'm going to give you one guy of all those guys I mentioned. Who you taking? A lot of people would say Luka. I'm going to say Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum 6'9". Jason Tatum can shoot the three. I saw Jason Tatum drop 46 in a closeout playoff game six in Milwaukee. I saw Jason Tatum handle his business in a game seven. I've seen a young Jason Tatum 
who ain't even 27 years of age yet be a primary option on a team that's going to five conference championship games, championship series, and mm-hmm. an NBA Finals. I, I, I just look at them and I say, and not only that, we just talked about conditioning. There have been times when we've looked at Luca and we've said, he ain't in shape. He's getting in shape right. as the season progresses. Correct. We look at Jason Tatum from day one and say, he's in shape. Right. That matters to me. I will go with Jason Tatum. Andre Iguodala says, the player with the mentality that's closest to Kobe Bryant is Jimmy Butler. You agree with that? Closest to Kobe Bryant is Jimmy Butler. As far as mentality? You could say that. I would beg to differ. Who you like? Devin Booker. Jimmy Butler works. But the difference between Jimmy Butler and Devin Booker is Jimmy Butler doesn't care that much about offense until the postseason arrives. Right. Kobe cared about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and Devin Booker cares about it right. all the time. Right. They coming out looking for their shot from opening tip yeah. off. Jimmy Butler, sometimes you literally feel like you got to throw something at him just to make him shoot the basketball. Right. He does. It's not a priority for him. And that is why I would say no on that Kobe comparison. Not much is known about Stephen A's private life. Yep. You, like myself, are very, very private. Yep. Um, how have you been able to maintain that level of privacy? Um, number one, I'm quick to sell somebody to mind their damn business. <laughs> you, know, I, I don't, you know, and that's a kind way of putting it. Um, and I will cancel a woman in a heartbeat that talks about my business. She utters my name. What? Publicly. About us, she gone. I wouldn't have. She happy for us. I, I, mean, I, I don't care. I don't care. You know why? Because I want you to know who my woman is when she's Mrs. Smith. I'm talking about publicly. Right. I'm not talking about. You know, Shannon gonna Shannon gonna beat my girl. Right. You know, Jamie's met my girl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about announcing it. You see us and people talk. Oh no. Let them talk. You better not talk. I will cancel you quicker than you. So she can't. So she can't post nothing on IG. Never. I would. She wouldn't. She wouldn't make it to my crib. As well. I'm telling. You, I'm, not, I'm not joking. She wouldn't make it to my crib. I'm just making, she could live five minutes away. She'd be gone by five five minutes. I don't play that. Because here's the thing. I'm in the public eye. Yes. Let me tell you what detest. What I detest. And I've never done this to another man. It makes me cringe when this happens to a man. I can't get over how these stars be messing with somebody and then you with somebody else. Oh, that's who he used to mess with. Yeah, they nah, do. They do the Nah, nah, nah. I mean, like, who you talking about? Like, it, it could be an ex. I'm like, who you talking about? That's a friend. I don't know what you talking about. Steven, you used to mess with who? I ain't used to mess with I don't know what you talking right. about. Right. Ain't none of your business. Right. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Okay. You know, when she misses Smith, you'll know who she is. Right. Until that time. I might have messed with her. I might not have messed with her. You'll never know. Right. I don't do that. And I can't stand when we see people out here like sharing their information and, you know, it's on Instagram and Twitter. Right. Grown ass men and women. When did everybody, when did your business become everybody else's business? I don't, I don't vibe with that. I, I have that. no, no patience with that. And anybody who knows me, and I mean Anybody who knows me, they'll tell you right now, I live in L.A. 
five minutes from where we are, they wouldn't make it to my crib being my woman if I saw something on social media that was initiated by them about me. They out. I wouldn't hesitate. I have been that way my entire adult life, and I will never change when in, in that regard. I could be getting ready to get married, dog. Wedding called dog. So it was Don't always play that game with me. So it was Don't always play that game with me. It was always your. It was always says once you got into the public eye was to be private. Pre private, absolutely. It's not everybody's business. It's not everybody's business. Look, I know people's business. I, you see me. I'm on TV. I'm a professional journalist. I challenge anybody to talk about Stephen A talking about their personal private business. Yeah. Now, if you're walking out in public and putting everything on display and all of that, all right, that's fine. You right. know what I'm saying? I just talked about Megan Goodna fine ass self the other day. Right. Okay, I get it. You understand? <laughs> since the nine late, and I mean, she's she been fine for years. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got it. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. But you don't hear me talking about people's private business. Right. I don't do it. Right. I don't, and I never, ever will. I read where your daughters don't like when people come up to you oh. and ask for autographs oh. when they're in your presence. Oh, they, oh, oh my Lord. Hey, hey, listen, man. Do they have you a social this. media presence? A little bit, but I, I, I try to monitor it. And you know, I leave that to their mom, but I, I will tell you this, for me, oh my God, being a dad for daughters, it's the greatest blessing and the worst, the worst curse. curse because the blessing is you didn't know what love is until they you thought you knew what love was and then they came along and yeah, now you know what love is the curse is you didn't know what love is until they came along so you're never at peace you're always worried mm -hmm. you're worried about everything you worry about everything and and they they did they did daddy's you know daughters so they like me from the standpoint like First of all, I'm not that special. I'm just dad. What is so big about you? I right. mean, please. Yeah. Why? why? Yeah. All you do is talk on television. I mean, who cares? Oh, Lord. Can we hurry up, please? What do they want your autograph for? I mean, but then they get attitude because it's like they're taking our time. Right. Like, hurry up. Right. Like literally. Right. And, and it's like, and I knew, I knew from the time my daughters was like seven, eight years old. Mm hmm I came home and I, w and I had to do, I had to get to Dallas. I was supposed to go from LA straight to Dallas. I literally flew home on the red eye just to take them to school and to give them a hug and a kiss. And I took them to school, they were all happy and bouncing around and all that stuff and I drove them to school. And I said, okay, um, daddy gotta go. They're like, what? <laughs> and I was like this, eyes probably, they, they got to go to work right. <laughs> in Dallas. Right. And the teacher's like, just go, just go, right? And I get on, get on the road, I'm going to the airport, and I call the school to speak to them. And they're like, could you call back later? They, they don't want to talk to you right now. And I'm like, this is seven, eight years old. Right. And, it's like, and I knew then, my life's over. Mm -hmm. It belongs to them. They run my life. Right. So I squeeze in things for me. Right. But they're the generals. That's how it goes. Do, do your kids watch? Your kids, they're at the age now. They yes. understand what 15 you do. 15 and 14. Yeah. So they understand what you do. Yes. They, yes. Know, who, they yes. know who dad is. That's right. That's right. And they see, 
me lied on a lot because a lot of times I've been accused of saying something or doing something that ain't no better. Well, I was accused of being someplace like that and you was with us, you know, but but it's like it is what it is. They understand it. And I tell them it's about tough skin. You right. can't you can't overreact to everything you have to understand when you're in the public eye. People going to lie on you all the time. They're going to invade your privacy. They're going to instigate stuff. They're willing. They're looking to provoke a reaction. And I can't give it to them because if I do, then I take the bait and it can jeopardize what I'm trying to build. Right. And so you explain those things to them and you hope that they understand. What advice would you give a young journalist? Because, you know, the, the, the newspaper business is not what it was when you got into it. Yep. Um, everybody gets their, you know, right. because it's so instantaneous now, Stephen right. A. You right. got social media. Yep. So now ain't nobody just sitting there watching uh, uh, the six o'clock news and ain't right. nobody just just reading the newspaper. Right. So what advice would you give young journalists? First of all, understand that <clears throat> everything feeds off of information. Mm -hmm. You've got to be about the business of acquiring intel and information because that means you have something to talk about. Mm -hmm. You have something to write about. You have something to express opinions about, whether it be via radio, television, podcast, newspaper, magazines, dot com, whatever, whatever. Content is king. Right. Content will never go anywhere. How people are receiving that content is what has changed. Linear television was once here. Now it's dissipating before our very eyes. There are some people that are projecting within the next decade, YouTube will be more popular than some of the networks, right. if not already. And so you have to take that into consideration as point number one. Point number two is that you're trying to build something, build a brand, know who you are, know what you stand for, recognize what gravitates folks towards you and what doesn't. And that's how you go about the business of building something. Number three, master your business. You got to know what you're talking about. You got to know what you want to do. A lot of people want a podcast. Well, do you know what comes with a podcast? It ain't just a microphone and a camera. There's a production team that gets, that's behind the mm -hmm. scenes. There's a sales and marketing angle. Um, uh, there's a sales angle that comes with it, a marketing angle that comes with it, a technological angle that comes with it. There's people operating these cameras, you know, you know, these microphones, you right. know, making sure the audio is right, et cetera. So well, how much is that going to cost? Okay, what level of course comes with it, okay? One of the things that I will give advice to a lot of students want to come up, no matter what major you take, minor in business, because everything comes down to business now. You've got to be about the business of knowing what your business entails. That way you know how to do business. You know what you're negotiating. You have an idea what it entails. You know when you've made mistakes and how to pick up on that. I started my own podcast months ago. I've made a lot of mistakes. Why? Because I never had a podcast before. Right. I had to learn through osmosis. But I put myself through that fire initially on purpose. So when it grew, as it's been growing, then I'm in a position to now make the proper decisions because I use that, you know, that, 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 that infancy period to really learn and gain knowledge about the industry, how much it's going to cost, what my losses and my profits look like, et cetera, et cetera. Right. All of those things are things that you have to know because the business itself that used to exist is no Not longer. Me. Now they're looking for you to bring your business, business to, to them. them. Shannon Sharp, you own your own podcast club, Shay Shay, over a million followers, doing your thing. Proud of you, my brother. Keep doing your thing, no doubt. 
you got to keep doing that. Right. You own and operate your business and there's people around you that's working for you. So you're going to be attractive because you're bringing a business to you're a potential right. network right. to buy, to lease to, et cetera, et cetera. They don't want to just employ people anymore. They don't want to deal with that overhead. Right. They don't want to deal with the expenses that come with the overhead. They want you to deal with right. that now. We'll Pat give you McAfee, X, you Pat McAfee, the deal he just signed with ESPN. You got so many people hating on him. Shut up. All of y'all shut up. Yeah. The man had his own business. He he spent years developing his own business, betting on himself, just like you bet on yourself, just like I'm betting on myself. Correct. I just started betting on myself because I was hindered contractually and I had a lot of obstacles to overcome in my career before I could get to this point. Right. Although this was always the vision, I had to start late. This is what comes with it. When you know those things, you become a business. And as Jay-Z would say, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. And, and that's what people want to see. I'm going to get you out of here on this one. Yeah. We both work with Skip. Yeah. Um, you work with him, I think, a little longer than I have. Yeah. And we both have given him credit for opening up his platform mm -hmm. and allowing us mm -hmm. to be who we are. Yeah. And we could grow our own platforms, become, as you mentioned earlier, sure businesses of ourselves mm -hmm. what's what's for the people i don't know how many people have heard and i'm gonna follow up after you sure skip what's what's he really like because i think the thing is if you've never met him you just see him on television you say okay that's him and who he is skip's a different beast i don't i don't know if you can just describe him in one simple way you can't you can't um this dude's definition of advice is diet mountain dew <laughs> um, this dude was in the 60s and in the 70s running anywhere from five to eight miles a day, mm -hmm. um, eating the same meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, introducing himself to his now wife and their first date, you will never be more important than my job. Get over that from now or don't bother. I mean, that's his definition <laughs> of turning her on, I right. guess. So I'm like, I, I'm just like, that's, he's a different animal. Right. Um, you know, and there are highs and lows that come with him. Correct. Um, he knows that. There's highs and lows that come with me. There's highs and lows that come with you and yep, everybody absolutely. else. And that's the way it goes. But, you know, I, I'm a man first. And it's about a core decency of appreciation. The reality is, is that no matter how problematic and he can be problematic at times no matter how problematic he can be the reality is, is that i wouldn't be where i am today if he didn't give me that opportunity on first take and so for me to be where i am and to know that it spring it springboards off of something that he was directly involved in making happen for me to insult him in any way is just disrespectful, it's wrong, and it's something that I will never do. Now, that don't mean I can't disagree with him. Oh, absolutely. That doesn't mean that I can't feel that he's wrong. And anybody like a Jamie Harwich, yourself, and others who know me have gotten to know me in your case, you know I would tell him he's wrong mm -hmm. to his face. Right. He knows where I stand. Um, but it doesn't take away my love and appreciation for him and the fact that he will always be a brother from another mother to me. Yeah. So I've always made that clear with everybody. Yeah, it's not often that someone can give you that opportunity. And, uh, I, 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 and I've said this several times. For me, I cannot let six months ruin six and a half good years. Right. Because sometimes people are willing to throw everything away right. for one mistake. 
right. or one bad comment or one something like this. Right. And even though uh, that was all we were supposed to get, my sister tells me this all the time. Say, Shannon, this was all we we're supposed to get. If I uh, about five months, four months ago, I had Tabitha Brown. Mm-hmm. Sitting She's in the, great. I've interviewed her before. She's fantastic. Stephen A. She had no idea this was going on, so we wrapped the interview, and I'm gonna end it on this one. And I'm taking off my microphone. She says, uh, is the mic's off? I said, well, I'm taking my mic off. You can take yours off. We took our mics off, and she leans in close to me. She said, I had a dream last night. God told me it's going to be okay and for you to go ahead and do what you need to do. She says, it's going to be different, but you need to go on your own. Now, God told me that. She said, now, you do what you want to do with it. Right. But God just, she said, and when I get dreams like this and I'm ever in the person's presence, it's my duty to tell them. A month later. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm, when she's telling me this, Stephen A., you see how you looking at me? I'm looking at her. How you know what's going on? Right. She said, God told me this last night. Yeah. And it's funny that I'm sitting here doing this interview, I did this interview with you, and I needed to tell you this. Once she told me that, I was at peace because I'm racking my brain. I'm like, what did I do? Did I say something? Did I offend somebody? I mean, I just, I, I think I'm doing a great job. Mm-hmm. She said, be at peace with it. Yeah. And that's what I told you. You did. That's what I told you. Because the reality of the situation is, is that, you know, I'm not going to apologize. Listen, I got a lot of friends over there. All right. We all know that. I know a lot of people. Uh, but that don't mean that what happened to you was fair. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Okay, that ain't the end of the world. Nope. But it is what it is. Yeah. So, you know, to me, it was just important for us in this industry to stand up and say, yo, he's one of us. We can't let him go out like this. And that was it for me. It was like, it was just that simple. You go wherever you want. You want to come first take, fine. You want to go somewhere else, fine. Because I got my crew here first take, and I'm not trying to get rid of anybody. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm not going to do this forever. And when it's, time, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Right. And it's time for somebody else to step up. But as long as I'm here, my attitude was going to be, listen, the people that have been a treasure and a tribute to this industry are the people that I'm going to do all that I can to remind folks this is what they do. I don't want to be one of those dudes that I got these platforms first take and I got my podcast and I'm doing NBA countdown and I got more stuff coming down the line and everything like that. And all I'm talking about is what I'm doing. It's my job to highlight what everybody else is doing too. You, you, you one of the few, Stephen A. Because I know a lot of people that have could have opportunities to help somebody, but they want to be the only ninja with money. No, I don't want that. And I told you this, and I'll tell the audience that I told you this. I said, you might be a first take for one year. You might be a first take for years to come. It's my responsibility, and I'm dead serious. It's a heart attack. It's my responsibility to make sure that you are more successful with me than you were before you arrived. That's what you told me. That's my responsibility. And I'm going to make sure it happens come hell or high water. We ain't going down, brother. We only going down. Nah, you know that's that, dude. The way it's gonna be. You know, that's just the way it's gonna Goat be. Goat man coming. That's right. Uncle Stephen A. You know what I'm oh man, you know? HBCU. It's the takeover. You know, I ain't trying to lose. No, we don't. I'm never that. about that. No. Anybody that knows me ain't about that. I don't mean no disrespect to nobody. All right? Y'all heard it. But I that's him. As good as it gets, right here, Stephen A. Smith. Um, Monday, September fourth. No doubt. All my life.
grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Love. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.